Critique episode 49. Oh, exciting. Indeed, where we are going to talk about a lot of sexy dancing. Uh, are we? Well, we've been to Sexy Dance World in the past, if you all remember. We have. Yep. Uh, but this is not Sexy Dance World. This is regular world with sexy dancing. Mm-hmm. Which is just as good, I think. I would argue better. But that's also because I really didn't like Sucker Punch. But anyway. Oh, who among us did, does? Do, who among us does? Zack Snyder certainly did. Uh, he, uh, I think he's lying. Uh, today's episode, what kind of sexy dancing movies are we talking about? We are talking about Flashdance and Magic Mike. Yeah. Flash two classics. Well, I mean, I again, I'm I'm going I'm admitting this publicly. I had never seen Flashdance. Me. Me mm-hmm. who, when I die, I'm hoping that heaven is just dance movies around happening around me and that I can magically, like, jump in and do the same moves as everybody else. Yes, that's, I, that's how life is, right? I, well, that's... Wait, there's somewhere, like, right now where I can do that? I think so. Where are they filming the next Step Up movie? <gasps> we need to find out. We need to... Okay, uh, we have to stop recording now so I can go look this stuff up because it's very important to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, we're back now, right? I, I know exactly what I need to do to live my life as if I'm stepping up all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and indeed, we're going to talk about Flesh Dance and Magic Mike. We are. Indeed. Now, before we do that, uh, we, we like to, to do this wacky thing that nobody else in the podcasting world does. We uh, are the progenitors. We are the... <laughs> Inceptioners of this thing <laughs> where we just talk about movies that we've watched since the last time we recorded. No one else is doing this. You hear it your first. Nobody. Oh, and if they're saying they were, then they're lying and they've erased history to make it seem as though they were doing it before us, which they mm-hmm. were not. On that note, what have you been watching? I actually watched a lot. So I am going to click through. Okay. Um, the first is available on Instant Watch, but it is not my instant recommend, Ooh. but I recommend it. What a tease you are. I know. It's Earth to Echo. Oh, this is uh, one of the, the kids' movie that yeah. looked like Wally, but isn't. Yeah, it's a cute little okay. alien guy. Yeah. Is he, is he a cute little alien? 
Yeah, it was really good. Yeah. I don't know why. It didn't seem to, like, get any traction. And no, then... I remember it kind of coming out in, like, a really dead time of movie-ness yeah. and still not really getting much attention. I don't understand. And then you go to IMDb and you read it, and, like, the there's so many shitty reviews of it. I thought it was really fun. I'd be really interested to hear what you think. Okay. I liked it. All right. Um, I then went to the theater <gasps> and I saw Lazarus Effect. Oh, all right. What'd you think? It was awful. Oh, like awful in a way I'd enjoy or just nope. bad? Boring. Mm. Mm. Boring and derivative and trying to be too many different movies at once. Okay. Um, I went because I like that one, Olivia Wilde. It's, I didn't it's, know she was in it. Okay. Olivia Wilde, Mark Duplass, Evan Peters. Oh, the fucking cast what? is great. Yeah. That's wacky. And the cast is amazing, and it's like one of them Bloom House pictures or whatever. I just assumed it was like another Ouija kind of cat, where it was like WB actor. Oh, There's no such thing as a WB anymore, is there? That's so, so cute old. that you mentioned that. I know. Um, I watched Ouija. Oh. And it, and it was awful. Not the Ouija experiment. No, not the okay. Ouija experiment. Not yet, at least. Um, Ouija was really, really bad. Like, bad. way worse than I expected. Oh, so maybe the Ouija experiment was better. Maybe. But Lazarus Effect, I didn't like. I mean, sure, see it if you want, but I don't... I don't. I can't recommend it for, for any reason. It doesn't okay. do anything interesting. <sighs> Which is a shame because of that cast. That's crazy. It really is. Um... I watched a movie on Amazon Prime. Ooh. I don't know why I said Switching it. Switching things up. Um, called The Captive. Oh, Do you know what this movie the, is? It sounds vaguely from. I feel like I've heard the title, but it's not clicking with me, so I don't think it's I've a, seen it. It's a Ryan Reynolds movie. Okay. And I have the seen... dude that directed it is a guy that, like, it's a Canadian guy, I guess, and he directs a lot of stuff. I know I sound really ignorant right now. Um, <laughs> It's this Canadian guy. And he, um, he probably plays hockey, too, when he's not directing. I didn't like this movie at all. Um, it, I thought it was really boring. Scott Speedman was in it. Is this uh, kind yeah. of like Ryan Reynolds' like Oscar bid type movie? I mean, if you're to believe um, certain tweets and stuff that I saw, mm-hmm. uh, apparently it got nominated for a Canadian award of some kind. Oh, well... That's okay. Like the the dude's name choice in America. Oh, and Rosario Dawson was in it, and she's amazing. But the guy's name, and I'm not going to try to ruin this, but it's written and directed by A T O M, so like Adam. Atom. Okay. Oh, wait, is it Adam Aguayan? There you go. Oh. Well, no, it was awful. Well, I mean, so. I've only actually seen I think one Adam Aguayan movie, and I love it, and it's The Sweet Hair After. Uh. But I know his last few films have been not loved by anyone, it seems. Other than Canada. But Canada's always, like, it's like anytime Sarah Polly does anything, Canada's going to give her, like, a Pulitzer, which is fine, because she's amazing. But, you know. I don't know. I would would like to hear a positive thing about it. I just, I wanted to like it. Mm. I really wanted to like it. Because Ryan Reynolds is good in it, but. Okay. Mm. One of these days, um, we'll cover the sweet hair after on the show. Oh, I would be interested it, to see something else. I yeah. don't think, I, I mean, I've heard of this guy, but and I can't say his name, and that's just because I can't speak correctly. But um, I don't think I've ever seen anything he's, oh, Chloe. I have seen Chloe. Chloe's the one with Amanda Seyfried? Yeah. Which I know also it, got, like, really bad reviews, I think. It, it was really, it was a really weird movie. It was mm-hmm. really hacky. 
but I loved it. I thought it was just, just the perfect amount of ridiculous. Okay. Yeah, it's well, have, so, hereafter is amazing, but it's just really sad, and so well, you know, know I like that. always very careful about when to watch it. <laughs> well, it's like I said, it's streaming. So, <clears throat> excuse me if you if you ever get the urge. I mean, mm. I watched the whole thing and it clicked by, but I was at the end of it. I was like, why did I sit through that? Interesting. Yeah. Well, so there was that. Um, I followed that up with um, the Lego movie, Justice League versus Bizarro Justice League. Now, if you get a chance to watch this, I think you should. <laughs> should I? It's, should I really? It's really fun. Is it? Have you, have you seen any of those little Lego movies? Not. Where I, they're, no, and not, even, even the Lego movie, I've watched twice, but both times it was in a room with a small child who was like talking about the Lego movie while I was watching the Lego movie. Uh, mm-hmm. So I still kind of need to experience that in full. Yeah, you should. These are cute. Like, the, okay. they're the little Lego people being oh. DC characters. That, that sounds charming. It's really cute. I thought it was funny. I'm not so, judging. Well, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I then watched, what is this movie? Oh, The Return. I was like, what the fuck is it? <clears throat> So I bought this four, one of those four packs that are like, hey, here's four movies on in this thing. <laughs> here's four movies that randomly got like auctioned off at some when some studio closed, put on one yeah. DVD. Well, I looked, I was like, what's the return? So I flipped it over and it's starring Sarah Michelle Gellar and like very prominently listed as Adam Scott. And okay. I was like, what the fuck movie is this? So I think it was five bucks. So we bought it. And, um, <laughs> whoa, this movie is really anticlimactic. Aww. Have you ever seen it? Do you, no, have you I'm, I'm trying it? to remember if I've heard of it. Yeah, um, I, I hadn't. I don't remember it at all. The Return. Just, uh, uh, so it's, is it 2006? Was it theatrical? I, do we think? Probably. The past never <clears throat> dies. It kills. Yeah, it's really not even a horror. It's like, it's a horror movie in the sense that it's not a horror movie. Okay, <laughs> Sam Shepard is in it. Let's see, directed by Asif Apadia. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I, I never remember I looked that guy up. Uh, I'm I am not familiar. He did the yeah. Warrior, which I feel like people talked about at some point in life. Unless I'm mixing it up with another Warrior movie. Uh, no, I know nothing about it, and you're telling me I should not know any more about it. I mean, if you're curious, you can watch it. Adam Scott is like a crazy rapist in it, so. <gasps> Ooh, that's, but that's not like interesting. But not like he's not in it enough no. or prominently enough for that to be like. A selling point. Yeah. Okay. That's, <laughs> but, um, that's it, disappointing that there's not enough Adam Scott as a psycho rapist. Well, you know. <laughs> um, and then it was in a um, the in, also in the pack. In case you're wondering, um, is Slither, which nice. I haven't I haven't rewatched yet. Oh, I love and then Slither. the other thing which I watched right after the return would be Cry Wolf, which I had never seen. <laughs> I have not either, but I remember when it came out. Yeah, I do too. Is that the one set in the boarding school? Yes. Man, this movie's fucking weird. Huh. I think I had my expectations in a really weird place when I watched it. I think if I had known what kind of movie it was going in, I would have liked it a lot more. Okay. This one's not really a horror movie either. 
Interesting. Because it was definitely sold as a, as a horror movie when it came out. I mean, I guess it's a slasher, but... If, if you watch it like, hey, this is going to be like a kid in a boarding school slasher, like you're kind of missing out on the actually sort of neat thing they do. So I don't know. I might I might look at it again one day. And oh, that dude that played um, Spencer's sister's foreign doctor boyfriend. Yeah. <laughs> As if you, I mean, come on, so I got it. Glad, I'm so glad you got there. <laughs> the dude that played one of the many... Older men who, for some reason, is hitting on a sixteen-year-old uh, girl, even though it's really bad for him in every possible way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Which describes every actor on Pretty Little Liars, but still, um, he is actually the male lead. Oh, so that's interesting, right? Yeah, certainly. And John Bon Jovi's in it. Ooh, does he have long hair or no? It's like longish. Okay. Yeah, I, think, I would say. I think there's a certain power dynamic to his hair length. Uh, when it's really short, like when he was on Ally McBeal, there's something like that really works about it. Or when it's really long, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay. I'd say it's in, it's in the middle. Okay, I, I don't know if that's going to work in his favor or not. Quite it frankly. might not. Mm, okay, but because that one dude's in it, I would say take a look because that's <laughs> there's cool. a pretty little liar alumni in there. So yeah, it was neat. I didn't know he was like started <laughs> and yeah. did anything else. Yeah, good for him. Um, so I watched No Good Deed. Do you oh, know? Oh, is that the one with Idris Elba as a it as a home invasion? It is. Oh my god, it, is it amazing? It looks so amazing. It is amazing. It was the kind of movie I kind of wanted to go see in the theater because I knew it would be that kind of movie that would be really fun to see in the theater. But then it would also be the kind of movie that I like shouldn't really go see in the theater. I don't know. So it was good. It was great. No. It's it's good in the way that you want to see it in the theater, but it's also good in the way that, like, halfway through, I was like, this movie might actually be good. Like, it, it was fun and, like, competent and, like, yeah. not as goofy and ridiculous. Like, it, it did some stuff. I liked it a lot. Now, is it on instant or this was a, as not on instant? No, I think it's a bit... I think we rented it through Amazon. Okay. Yeah, we rented it through Amazon. It's it's definitely like out and about now. Okay. But, um, I'll put it on my queue so that when it comes on instant, it's all mine. Um. Yeah. I liked it. I would be interested to hear what you have to say about I'm it. I'm intrigued. Yeah, Idris is great in it. Well, it's Obviously. him. He's always great. Yeah. Um. I watched a movie on instant called Mockingbird. Oh, that's on my queue. Is it any good? I would say watch it. Okay. Um, the the cover art because it's like a clown, right? I don't like the, the cover. Is not very. Ironically, the cover is so represent representative of of it. I can't talk. The cover represents it well. Okay. Yet the cover does not represent it well. It is literally what the movie is about, but it doesn't give you a good feel. You know. Okay. All right, gotcha. Um, I just I saw the co- the cover and I'm like, ooh, that looks of interest. And I think the description was enough to, for me to put it on my queue. It's definitely worth watching. Okay. There were, um, I think it it's like really low budget and, um, I think that it's a small idea, you know, sometimes which works best mm-hmm. for low yeah, budget if you're things. Starting out, but it, it definitely. Um, it could have used a lot of different aspects to it, but okay. the it was executed well, and there was some really good tension in it, and it was interesting, and um, of course there were a lot of problems with it too, but not so much that I wouldn't recommend it. 
Okay. Like, especially to, to like somebody like you who I wouldn't mm-hmm. watch it and immediately be like, this is shit. Right, right. right. This looks cheap. I, I, you have, know? I have a taste, if you will, for the well, imperfect. I think anybody that is, is like understanding of the limitations that a budget can. Mm-hmm. I mean, the st- it was a co- competent storytelling with like a decent, like a decent cast. Okay. And with a pretty good idea. Not really my style, but. All right, you know. I'm in. Um, oh, that's my recommend, so I'll skip that. Um, I um, <laughs> I've rewatched uh, the Omen remake on Amazon Why Prime. Do that, okay. Don't ever do that. No, exactly. I wouldn't do that. I don't like the Omen to begin with. Much less I like the, the Omen. I like the nanny part, and then I like yeah. the the other nanny. Um, but I just find that the I find that movie really cold and boring. Um, yeah. And so I didn't, I understand why it was remade because, hey, it's a great property that spawns sequels. So, you know, there's still interest in it. Yeah. Um, it makes perfect sense to remake. So why remake an imperfect film nearly shot for shot with the same you know really dry tone? Exactly. Yeah. No, you're completely right. Yeah. Mia Farrow is awesome in the remake, though. We'll give you she, that. She is. She's she's the only one that showed up to do anything. Yep. Um, which and is, I love what's his name, Liev Schreiber, and I think he's terrible <gasps> in the movie. Me too. He's yeah. so bad he's in awful. it. Um, you're right. They, I, I kind of said it while we were watching it because I don't. I watched it with Zach, and I don't think he's ever seen the original Omen. Um, oh, you don't. You don't remember it? Oh yeah, I think it was a case like I had seen it semi recently, mm. so it was pretty fresh. Like I kind kind of kept saying, it's like they picked the stupidest parts of the original movie to hold on to. Yeah, it's very bizarre. And even, like, the one thing that kind of works about the original as far as making it kind of interesting is that um, Gregory Peck and, is it Lee Majors? Um, or whoever his wife is, like, they're older and that's part of the thing is that they couldn't have kids. and Yeah. Like, and so, he, he, like, the one kind of interesting thing, they throw away with the remake because they just cast yeah, younger, right. prettier people. and it. You're completely right. Yeah, and I mean, I think The Omen is a movie that people, I, I find it to be, to me, it's one of the most overrated of the, like, classic mm-hmm. horror movies and i think people want to remember it more fondly than if you ever sit down and watch it and it's really not that good um yeah uh, no you're right there are some yeah. great parts of it and yeah. i like a lot of it but it's not it's not it's all for you damien it's all it's, for you it's not flawless it's not above like a burnt offerings or oh, you God, know no, yeah and it makes perfect it's sense placed to above it, stuff but, like that yeah, yeah. I feel like they remade it. I think Roger Ebert may have said this first, but I agree. They remade it so that they could release it on 666 because it did indeed come out June 6th of of 2006. Um, But it just feels... You're right. I could not pay attention to it. Um, I don't know why. Honestly, I'd forgotten I had seen it until we were like (laughs) 20 minutes in. And I was like, geez, I have seen it. Yeah. Yeah, very forgettable. Um, so this is a movie that I'm recommending to you. It's called The Pyramid. Okay. Um, it is, um, did you see As Above, So Below? No. Under Paris movie? I, I know of it. I did not see it. I heard this is things. A, yeah, I liked it enough. This is like under, um, Pyramid, or in Pyramid movie. This is As Above, So Below Pyramid. Yeah, it's called The Pyramid. <laughs> <laughs> it was directed by the dude who wrote um, P2 and Hills Have Eyes. Oh, okay. I, I like the Hills Have Eyes. I did not see P2. 
I love Pitu. That's streaming now too. That's my instant recommend for right this second. <laughs> I've never but, um, <laughs> the pyramid. I think we illegally downloaded. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> Crazy how when you record sometimes it like makes it skews what you say <laughs> and the words come out differently. That's just weird. I mean, I don't know. Skype, man. I, I don't right? know, but it was good. I don't know where you can see it or whatever at this point. Someone but, uh, on Facebook just said something about the pyramid and that they didn't like it, which makes me think it's available out there. So I will look for it. Yeah. I mean, I didn't love it, but it, it was, it did some stuff. Okay. Uh, I like stuff. And Dennis O'Hare, I love Do Dennis you know? O'Hare. He's in it, and he's I really used to good. I see him on Broadway, and I saw him in broad- on Broadway in like three different things in one year, and so I was convinced that like he was my Broadway guardian angel or something. He is so he's amazing. Good. Yeah. He's going to be at Horrorhound next week as well. I saw that. I'm so jealous. You can still come? I can. You can come. You can cuddle in the bed with us. It's really expensive. Not bed cuddling, just a flight. My bed cuddling, I usually charge quite a bit for. But the next crazy time static I, Skype, whoa! <laughs> the next time I can, hey, I got a promotion. <gasps> Ooh, all right. Yeah, so next time I totally can. Nice. Um, but the pyramid you should watch, and Dennis okay. O'Hare's in it, and also if you watch the Inbetweeners, um, one of those kids is in it, and that's exciting. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, it wasn't great by any means, but there's some some interesting stuff in it, and it was fun. Um, I watched Ouija, which I already said, and I didn't like. But you didn't watch, you need to watch the Ouija experiment. I will watch the Ouija. Both your mother and and I are telling you to do so. That's that's true. Um, Brothers Grimm I watched. That That's the worst movie in the world. I've I've never been able to get through. I've gotten through parts of it. Oh, you mean shutting it off was an option? Uh, <laughs> flipping around it? when you're like, oh yeah, this movie. Uh, this, this movie. And that's what's his face, right, Terry Gilliam? Yep. Who I always say I never. I always feel like I have to duck every time I say it. I'm not a big Terry Gilliam fan. Apparently, I'm not either. Because oh. after going through his filmography, I was like, um, Twelve Monkeys is the only one I enjoy, yep. and I think Twelve yep. Monkeys, as much as I enjoy it, I think it's has a lot of problems yeah so that's on instant watch you don't have to watch it though. I won't. everyone it will not um so have you seen the rosemary rosemary's baby made for tv movie uh no i absolutely refuse to because um because it's so good right well because i'm like wait okay so they took rosemary's baby that was a perfectly fine two-hour movie um even the book i know was not that long like uh, irvin irvin not irvin kershner uh, Ira, whatever the author's name, didn't write long books. And I'm like, and wait, how, why are they making it into a two-night thing? How many so hours good, can though. you devote to this story? And it just seemed like I could tell it was going to be really boring, so it I stayed was away. so good, though. Was it? <laughs> I liked it a lot. Did you? I did. Really? Yeah. Huh. We watched both parts in one night. I was late going to bed because I wanted to finish it. Did you... Really? Like no, hey man, not, like they're totally... not doing they're not doing anything crazy here. But it was entertaining. Okay. And it was like pacey, right? It was never boring. No, I got a I got a head shake. Yeah, was... shake. Okay. I I, I, I you have a hard time believing I will ever want to sit down and watch that. If you ever get the urge, just know that I am very curious okay. what you think. Um Okay. It's bizarre and i couldn't stop watching it interesting i don't know if anybody else saw it let me know maybe i'll post in the facebook 
Yeah, I'm intrigued because I, I don't know anybody that actually watched it other than you now. Um, and I think most people were in the same boat as me where it's like, oh, what? No, no thanks. But okay, I'm, I'm intrigued. They didn't really update it in any crazy original awesome ways, but mm-hmm. it's it was it was better than any like um, recent miniseries I've seen. Okay, all right. I will I will kind of sit back and nod and kind of as my eyes are narrowed. I, I you don't believe me. Uh, I I believe that you believe in yourself, and that's all that really matters. <gasps> dun dun dun. What else you got? Hey, man, I'm done. I took way too long. Oh, no, you did not. That's everything? Yep. Okay. Um, I started watching more movies because I'm really pissed off that I read this thousand-page book and I really didn't enjoy it. Uh, So, movies that I've watched. That is a bummer. Yeah, it was really... Because, like, in a thousand pages, it's fine if you go... Okay, sure, right, keep going. But, like, a thousand pages and you still didn't tie up half of your loose ends. Mm -hmm. I don't get it. I don't get it. But anyway, I was IQ 84 stay away people um so what i watched i watched i don't remember why i decided to watch this but i did um sleeping beauty with emily browning oh i've wanted to watch that to be honest i definitely want to hear what you think of it it is very strange and um the best part about it was i was watching it on the bus on my on my phone and the dude sitting next to me was totally just, like, blatantly leaning over because she's naked in a lot of uh-huh. And it was just got to that point where I was just, like, wanted to just be like, here, dude, here, fast forward to the nudie parts. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it's one of those that, like, I would say I quote-unquote liked it. It's not one to really like or not like. Like, I, like I finished it, and I'm like, I don't know what that was about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very... Uh, restrained movie in a way, like emotionally restrained movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. Um, visually, it's a really interesting looking film and just how it's composed is really unusual. Uh, just very strange. And I, 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 I'm unfulfilled by it, but I think I'm supposed to be. But I've still been thinking about it since I watched it. So. Well, that's a good sign. Yeah, and it's not long. It's like barely 90 minutes, I think. Um, so I I really want to hear what you think of it. Um, mm-hmm. Is it still streaming? Did you say yeah, that? Yeah, totally streaming. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know it, it, it's been on there. Yeah, it's on there. Yeah. yeah, it's and I'm curious if any of our listeners have watched it either because I feel like I'm sure there are people out there that hate it, um, and they're they may just say I hate it because nothing happens. Uh, mm-hmm. But but I want to hear people that really liked it, and I want to hear why they do, or hear some like analysis of it or something i don't know well that makes me want to watch it um i believe she was a novelist and it was her first film which i also always find really interesting and it doesn't it doesn't particularly feel like it was made by somebody who hasn't worked in film like it's very um what's the word i'm looking for like it's it's not flashy if anything it's very restrained and not what you would expect from somebody who was first making a movie like this um Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm just I'm intrigued, and I think you would find it interesting. That is my cat, and she is having a coughing fit. Oh no! Did you hear her? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> she's so tiny, and she has such a big cough. Poor Are thing. we okay, Joplin? Joplin, you're kind of cramping my style here right now. Can we? You need some? Are we done? Still going? No. She's about done. Is she? She's no. She's still going. I don't, <laughs> you know. Are we good? This is why we don't smoke, Joplin. This is why we don't smoke. Okay. <laughs> I also watched Julie Tamor's The Tempest. Oh, uh, really? Yes. 
uh, I love Julie Taymor's Titus. I think it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, we got this one as a disc from Netflix. It is, I mean, like anything Julie Taymor does, it looks amazing. It is mm-hmm. different and beautiful and ugly and just unlike anything you've seen. Um, and it's well acted. Helen Mirren is obviously fantastic. Uh, everybody's good in it, but there's just some, there was something missing, like just, and I don't know if it's how much of it is. I'm not the biggest, the Tempest fan isn't a play that I'm that connected to. And it's, it's a very, it's a movie that's a very Shakespeare movie. I think if you're Mm -hmm. not familiar with the Tempest, you definitely want to read the synopsis of it before you watch it. Um, I don't think, like, whereas Titus, I think, can kind of appeal to anybody, whether you're a Shakespeare fan or not. Mm-hmm. I feel like this one is very much more for Shakespeare people. Um, so it's it's worth watching if you do like Shakespearean adaptations on film. Uh, but it just was lacking something. Like, I kind of, I, I didn't care about anything. I just, it looked pretty, I guess. Mm, well, I like that sometimes. Yeah, I mean, it's... It's really cool looking. Just I think she filmed like on volcanic islands in Hawaii, and the costuming is like not surprisingly really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it, visually, it's it's really neat and it's entertaining and it's funny and like the comic relief stuff is Alfred Molina and uh, Russell, not Russell Banks. That's the author of the Sweetheart After Russell Brand. Mm-hmm. My, Brand, right? He's he's him with the kids nowadays. Yeah, right. That's somebody. Yeah, that's, that's totally him. Um, like he's actually he's good in it. He's funny. He's not distracting. Uh, so it's again, it just there was something about it that like emotionally left me really empty. Um, it was over, and it was like when it ended. Like Brandon and I like turned it off, went to bed, whatever. And it was like two days later where I was like, so we didn't talk about it. What did you think of the Tempest? And he was like, oh, that's pretty. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought too. Yeah. Isn't that weird when that happens? Yeah. 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 It's very strange. Um, another movie I watch, I've gotten into this great rhythm on Netflix where I put all my very long waits at the very top, which mm-hmm. I've always done because a lot of times you the discs have, go have always that. It, it's the smarter people. If you have a Netflix queue of discs, I'm not like, listen to me. If you take one lesson from me, your entire life, other than the fact that you need to start with step up two. If you take one other lesson, it is that if you have a Netflix queue, put your long waits at the top because two things happen. One, sometimes discs become unavailable because if it's a long wait, it means they have a limited number of discs and they get damaged or stolen. The other thing is that they will send you more than one movie. Like I do one disc because I, you know, I got, I got instant watch. I don't need so much, so much action. Do you know I just canceled mine? You canceled like, your discs. I stopped getting discs because we weren't going through them. Yeah. No, I understand that. Yeah. I still do my one. And a lot of times it's those like rare movies that I can't find elsewhere. Um, and if you put like very long wait, they'll send it to you. And then like two days later, they'll send the other very long wait because they'll say, oh, we're sorry we couldn't get to you in time. Here's another mm-hmm. movie while you're waiting. And that's happened to be like the last like three times I've gotten two movies. Yeah. Awesome. Oh, and so the movie that I got that way, actually it was two of them, um, was Satan's Baby Doll, which is a 1980-something, <laughs> uh, very, like, sleazy Spanish horror movie. There's lots of nudity. Uh, it was fun, but it, like, I I wasn't that focused on it, and I couldn't stay focused on it. If I really liked boobs, um, it would have been great. 
Well, uh, I don't have a problem with boobs, but I little know, little like, that's not all I need in a movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you like boobs, then, hey, there's nun and, boobs on here, like hot nun boobs. So if you like hot nuns, same well, baby doll. You're really selling me. I know, this. I know. Um, just remember, it's a long wait, though, so now you're nervous. Oh, I'll never see because I don't get discs Sorry. anymore. The other long wait movie I had on there that I've had on my queue for, like, years um, was ZPG, a.k.a. Zero Population Growth. And oh, I know that. Yeah, you would, have you seen it? No, just but I know it? that. Yeah, that sounds familiar. It's Oliver Reed. A mm-hmm. very, very restrained Oliver Reed. Oh, well, uh, I don't want And that's from Geraldine Chaplin. It is a science fiction film from 1980, I think, 79, 80. Mm-hmm. Uh, really cool concept, cool execution. It is in the future. Uh, we have, you know, desecrated our resources and such where they need to basically freeze the population. Uh, so they enact a, like, 30-year ban on reproducing. Um, so instead, what they do is they give couples that want kids, they give them these really fucking creepy baby dolls Ooh. that are horrifying and awesome. Oh, uh, and then, but then, of course, this one couple decides that they are going, like, they're going to they're gonna do it, they're going to have a baby in secret, and it's about that. Um, it's funny, because on the Facebook, on the Gentleman's Guide Facebook group, we were kind of, there was some discussion going on about um, a lot of these kind of 70s Logan's Run and these other kind of 70s films, and what I said is I was kind of complaining that you have all these, like, really great high concept, but I feel like a lot of those movies fall short on execution. And I think mm-hmm. Westworld and Logan's Run are great examples of yep. better ideas than they are movies. Definitely Logan's Run. Yeah. Exactly. For sure. Yeah, the opening of Logan's Run is awesome. But it's just, yeah. like, that... And again, I don't get why we're remaking Rosemary's Baby when we could easily remake Logan's Run and make it awesome. No, but. I know. Logan's Run is one of those movies where I constantly say that I like and then remember, like, oh, well. I really like up to the car- the carousel. As soon as you get there, it's awesome. And then the movie just keeps going, and then I'm done. Um, but ZPG was... I really dug it. The look of it's awesome, because I think they filmed in, like, Denmark, which looks different enough that... Ooh, cool. Just some of the shapes and everything feel really futuristic. They do this awesome thing where um, the main characters work in a museum that is... Uh, sort of like the, it's a museum of history so like their segment are the 1970s mm-hmm. so it justifies the way they dress and the way they speak which is kind of great uh, and even though it's still again like they don't really go into all it's a small story with a big concept it's done well enough where it's fun, like in 90 minutes they tell the story that I'm interested in and I'm not constantly distracted by wondering well what else what else Mm-hmm. You know, whereas Westworld, that kills me. I'm just, I'm like, the story they chose to tell to me was the worst story they could have told out of all these other ones they could have told. Mm-hmm. Um, so ZPG, if you can ever track it down, uh, it was a long wait, so I'm guessing the disc, which was a very old bare-bones disc, uh, I'm guessing it's out of print or something, but if it ever comes around, really well worth checking out. Oh, well, good to know. I It's something that kind of sticks in my head. I've definitely heard of it. So it used, uh, the, I remember years ago when I was like 14 or so, seeing it or seeing parts of it on the Sci-Fi Channel. Kids, mm-hmm. this was back when it was called the, the Sci-Fi, S-C-I, capital F-I channel. I remember those there were days? No, none of these Ys in the mix or anything. Um, but I remember it from then. So it probably made its cable rounds like when we were younger. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely worth checking out. 
Um, let's see. I also watched a couple of g- grab grab your seat. I watched a few musicals. What I know. Um, <laughs> we watched Victor Victoria, Julie Andrews, nineteen. I've never never seen that. I know, shocking. I had never seen it either, which is actually shocking. that is pretty shocking to be honest. Um, I wasn't crazy about it. It was very long. It was two hours, 15 minutes, which I expect from a musical, mm-hmm. but not a musical that had so few songs as this one. Um, it really, like, it, it Julie Andrews is, is great. She's delightful. She's having fun. Uh, the, James Garner is in it. He's kind of neat. Um, Robert Preston is fantastic. And the musical numbers are great because they're in a club and they're very... The, and the comedy is, is good. It's Blake Edwards who did all the Pink Panther movies. So the, the slapstick is funny. A lot of the dialogue is, you know, really quippy. But it just... The pacing was so weird. And it it felt like it's two and a half hours when it totally didn't need to be that long. And so you just had some jokes that kind of thudded but then were repeated when you really didn't need the joke repeated when you really just wanted another musical number. Um, so I'm, I mean, I'm glad I finally watched it, but I was like left really empty because I was just couldn't like get a grip on it. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, much more of a recommend is the this one I recorded from TCM, uh, 1958's The Harvey Girls. Okay. Do you know anything about this movie? No, I know nothing Do about you it. You know who's in this movie? No. Okay. Okay. Um, think of who would you say if I had to pick two amazing actresses from the 1950s who might have been in a musical? Go. Go. I don't know. Angela Lansbury and Judy Garland. Oh, that's nice. Angela Lansbury plays. It's a Western (laughs) musical. Angela Lansbury is the like salty, slutty, uh, like lead performer at the slutty bar. Mm-hmm. So she's wearing like giant feather things, and she gets to dance, and you see her legs. Except they dubbed her voice, which is very upsetting. Um, mm-hmm. But like Angela Lansbury is the slut, and Judy Garland is the good girl, and they yeah, totally like that's... throw shade at each other the whole movie, and it's great. Ray Bulger from <laughs> Scarecrow from The Wizard of Oz is in it, and he has a couple of dance oh, numbers. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Stances. Um, yeah, clearly this movie was made for me, not for you. Mm-hmm. Well, um, I mean, I'm telling you, Angela Lansbury looked good in the '50s. I mean, she kind of looked exactly like she does now, which is amazing and wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, if, if anybody ever wanted to see Angela Lansbury's cleavage and thighs, the Harvey Girls—that's where it's at. Uh, I also watched way more of than I planned to because it's a very long movie. Um, TCM was just doing a lot of musicals, I guess. So I ended mm-hmm. up, without realizing it, watching like an hour and a half of Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, fun. Which, and their film really is good. Um, I've seen it before. It is it is a very uh, literal adaptation of it where it fe- I think they filmed... I don't know if they filmed in Russia, but it feels like they filmed on location. It, mm-hmm. It's very um, of its time where you're singing out in the open and everything. Um, but it's it's done really well, and I was surprised by that. And then I had this like moment of amazingness because I realized um, one of the actors in it who plays Muttle, the tailor, uh, is played by... Paul Mark Glazer, Mark Paul Glazer, Glazer that Paul sounds, Mark. That's who, the second one sounded good. Who directed the fucking Running Man? So oh I mean, yeah, 
there's a connection between Fiddler on the Roof and the Running Man, and that just warmed my heart. Uh, and then just a couple more um, on also on TCM. I record. They were doing like a big underground marathon, and so I recorded Macabre, which I thought was the like um, Mario Bava or what? No, or not Bava. Um, Bruno Lenzi. I thought it was like a much more brutal movie, but it's a 1958 mm-hmm. William Castle movie. But it's oh. actually kind of neat. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I have not seen that, but the 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 William Castle I have seen, I've actually liked, which I was surprised. Oh no, you did. So you did see that's the one I'm talking about, the William Castle one. No, I, not that one. I oh, just mean William the Castle one. in general. Okay, um, <laughs> I didn't think I would enjoy it because I thought it would be too schlocky. Yeah, and this one isn't. It. I mean, it has the like initial. The movie you're about to see is going to scare yeah. you and blah blah. Um, but it's a good story. It's a one night. This doctor gets a phone call saying his daughter has been buried alive, mm-hmm. and he has one night to basically find her. Um, and the whole town hates him, so he doesn't trust anyone. Um, it's it's, it's called macabre, 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 hmm. macabre, as I yeah. like to say, or macabre, as I think the narrator of the movie says. Um, and it's worth watching because it has the best end credits of any movie ever. The end credits are adorable. They're they're animated, and they are too cute, plain and simple. And it's like an hour and 15 minutes, so do it. It might even be public domain for all I know. Uh, And then also on Instant Watch, and this, I think it was James who had talked about this on our Facebook page. I mean, if you make a movie called Killer Mermaid, I'm gonna watch it. I hadn't seen any mention of that. Yeah, it's on Instant Watch. It is about a Killer Mermaid. Um, the problem is when I hear Killer Mermaid, I'm like, fucking bring on the Killer Mermaid, bring on, I don't know, the shells and knit, like, just give me like you, fun. You want Killer Mermaid. I want a fucking Killer Mermaid. And this movie, it's, it's, it's tries to be better than it is, but so it's more, the problem is it just has the wrong title. And apparently, mm-hmm. like, another title for it was Nymph, which makes more sense because it's a little mm-hmm. less, um... Uh, yeah, Asylum-y or or William Castle-y even because <laughs> it's it is not a terrible net uh, you know instant watch straight to instant watch movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a great one. It's not a very good one, but it's okay. All things considered, um, Franco Nero is in it. Oh, so, weird. Hey, why not? Um, but I just you know it. So it didn't. It wasn't quite as bad as I was hoping it was. But it's it wasn't <laughs> good either. So it was yeah. in that sweet spot, if you will. Uh, and then the last thing I've been watching, which I feel like many people have been, but it really is great, is Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, I haven't started it yet. I don't it's delightful. Know, I don't know why. The warning it's... is, once you start it, it's hard to stop it. Well, that's fine. I'm rewatching The Office for the 19th time, so maybe Give we could... In... break, yeah. Yeah, yeah stick something else in there. Yeah, I mean, it, it feels like 30 Rock with a different story. Like, just yeah. the humor is very 30 Rock. I'm okay with that. It's fun. Ellie Kemper is adorable and wonderful... You get Carol Kane in there, Jane Krakowski is Jenna Malone, but in a different setting, and it's fabulous. Mm. How many episodes are there? I think 12 or 13. Mm, that's fine. I've probably watched, like, half of them, I think, by now. Uh, and it's just, it's delightful. It really, really is. So, cannot rep hard enough for it. Well, I will definitely be checking it out. It is on my radar, for sure. Okay, then. Uh, I feel as though it is time. So, we're done, right? It was uh, nice talking to you. Oh, Oh my. 
come on, girl. You, you, you gotta, you gotta take that sweatshirt. You gotta pull it at the collar. You gotta give yourself a nice, nice room for it to fall over your shoulder. You gotta, you, you gotta weld. Mm. Uh huh. You gotta fluff up your hair. Maybe go figure skating. Yep. I don't know. I mean, there's so much to do in Flashdance. Which I literally just started to yawn. Oh, good. I, well then. We'll take a quick break, everybody. We're going to come back, and I will talk for a really long time about Flashdance. All right, let's do it. Just a steel town girl on a Saturday night Looking for the fight of her life In the real-time world, no one sees her at all They all say she's crazy Locking rhythms to the beat of her heart Changing movement into light She has danced into the danger zone When the dancer becomes the dance It can cut you like a knife If the gift becomes a fire on the wire between will and what will be She's a maniac, maniac on the floor And she's dancing like she's never danced before She's a maniac, maniac So in 1983, the world was a bit of a different place, if you will uh, You know... In 1983, one could, I don't know, maybe graduate high school, maybe not, immediately get a job that requires typically a lot of training and union work, and also be a dancer and, you know, fall in love with a millionaire and all these things. So uh-huh. we were younger then, much younger, when a little movie called Flashdance took the country by a storm, if you will. Mm-hmm. You had never seen Flashdance. I hadn't. Neither had I. Amazing. I am pretty sure that my sister had the poster in her bedroom. Um, but, I mean, Flashdance 83, we, this was, I mean, we were a year old. It was, it was before our time as far as it being, like, culturally influential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's amazing to kind of think of what would the world without Flashdance be. Do you know what that world would be, Christine? Um, I don't know, a lot less derivative. It would be a world without showgirls. I think I saw you post something about that. Well, it's, I didn't realize until about halfway through, like, I started to suspect during the, um, lobster dinner, if you will, I'm like, I'm, whoo, oh, Joe Esterhouse wrote the script. Mm-hmm. That yep, explains everything. That. Uh, Joe Esterhaus, who also wrote the script for Showgirls and Basic Instinct and mm. a lot of other uh, nipply movies, if you will. Um, this movie, though, there are so many parallels to Showgirls. She Obviously, she dreams of being a dancer. Nomi dreams of being a dancer. She, you know, there's like the wealthier love interest. There's the best friend who has her dreams, who gets kind of assaulted. Uh, there is like so much showgirls in this movie and it's amazing except less period talk which is probably a good thing so mm-hmm. would you like to tell the people what flash dance is about you know synopsis? what i would but i don't think this movie even knew what flash dance was about that is an excellent point 
this movie has no plot. I would not argue with that point at all. Um, IMDb, let's see, I have it up, says a Pittsburgh woman with two jobs as a welder and an exotic dancer want to get into ballet school. Which is true. Can I just address something right off the bat? Please. She is not an exotic dancer. She is not a stripper. She is not any of these things. I would call her, you you wouldn't call that exotic dancing? It's dancing that's kind of weird. It's modern dancing. She was doing modern dance. She, exotic dancing is the, is the fluffy word. Yeah, she was dancing. She was doing modern dance in a bar that doesn't exist. I thought that. Well, that's the best thing is that <laughs> she. So she's a welder. So she, and she's like the only chick on the crew, which is fine. Uh-huh. Except she's also eighteen years old, which yep. makes no sense. That is more bothersome than anything to me in the movie. It, the fact that she's supposed to be eighteen. No, I agree with you on that. It, it, it was like. She, like, what is her problem? There's, she has, like, a really good, like, probably union job. Yeah. And she's clearly making good good money at this bar where people do modern dance fully clothed. I don't know where this place is. And, and the, like, the best thing is, like, so it's this it's this bar where, yeah, they're, they're dancing sexy. They're, they're wearing not that much clothing when they dance, but they're still, like, it's, it's not nudity. Except the crowd, so you're like, okay, maybe this is like a fancy bar. No, everybody's drinking no. Miller Lite, and yeah. but like they're politely applauding after the dances, and they're not saying take it off. It's the weirdest place ever. It's it makes no sense. It was a, a, a large cop out. Well, um, it's very much the way Pretty Woman is like a movie about prostitution written by a 14-year-old girl who doesn't actually know what a prostitute does. Yeah, this, this is... This movie is kind of a movie about a stripper written by a man who doesn't actually know what a stripper does. But, but, but... Uh, and, and you're right, but then why was there a strip club? Why was there, a, a, like, a stripper scene? Because um, I guess there's, like, the whole thing is... So, right, so this blatantly is not a strip club. No, but there is a rival club down the block run is by Mr. Body from Clue, Lee Ving. Oh my God, you're right. Yes, and that's like where girls take their clothes off, and it is treated in this movie as if like the equivalent of I don't know. I I work in a restaurant and I'm a waitress and I bring food to people. That's that's you know that's a good job and everything. That's great. Oh yeah, well down the block. If you fall from grace, you're gonna work in a gutter where you you take the food that the waitress has been serving that people ate and chewed up and spit up, and then you drag it and you put it on your boobs and you have a guy lick it off. Like that's the way they they talk about the strip club, as if it is you have like it, this movie is so kind of hateful of strippers. You. I am so glad you said that and not me. Um, that is so completely right. Yeah. You are so completely right. It treats stripping. You are the rightest I mean, person. it is like you... I, I'm big on analogies today, I guess. It's the equivalent of, you know, I, manuf- I work at a, at a manufacturing plant and we manufacture um, uh, bulletproof vests. Mm-hmm. Or you leave that job and you start to sell guns to kids. It it really is. I her her little blonde friend who like is a waitress at this bar that has modern dance um, most nights. <laughs> um, she falls from grace, 
and starts dating someone who I would call a rapist. I would say he was oh, a rapist. Well, he's an attempted rapist, at least. It, at least. Know. I think he's probably been successful. Oh, I'm sure. But, um, what's, what's, her, what's her face there? Um, <laughs> Jennifer Beals' character's name is... Alex. Alex. Okay, I forgot. So, her friend there, Alex, is all like, Meh, I don't care that you're dating this guy. But the second she goes and works at a strip club, she yanks it her off stage and pulls her into the rain like, naked. While she's stripping. Like, I mean, it would be equivalent to me walking into your office and pulling you out where you are on the phone with a client. Oh my God, she was naked and he she pulled her out and wrapped a coat around her. Yeah. But like, sorry, was, Alex, we can't all be welders with union positions, you know? Some of us was, have to strip. She was. She started dating a guy that tried to rape her. Yeah, well, like she tried to rape her friend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, she, yeah. Like, come on. Yeah. Oh, that's far. La- like, it's, Christine, if you want to, if you want to date a rapist, that's fine. Just don't take your clothes off for other people who are going to pay you. <sighs> it was really. It's very mm. weird. Yeah. So there's that aspect to it. Um, Alex Jennifer Beals. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's crazy she's a crazy person well just, you know, you know what she is she's 18 that's what she is all right well you know what if she's 18 then they should frame her character as an 18 year old that's the weird thing she, this movie gives like when you think of how much they give her they give her an apartment and a dog and an old oh, dancer so mentor friend warehouse and all of these different friends and so we know her relationship with this one and this one and this one and she, but yet she's eight, she is 18. Why is she living on her own in Pittsburgh working as a welder? Like, what is the backstory? Where are her parents? Are they dead? Did they try to kill her? She had to get away. Why did she move to Pittsburgh to become a dancer? Why didn't she move no. to New York? Yeah. I don't really know any of these things. And she is dating a dude who one could assume is older than her. A one could assume or one could know by looking at him that he is 20 years her senior, that he is more than double but her age. He's, he, he, their relationship is so manic. It's really upsetting. Like, well, let's she talk about how he stalks her, first off. Oh, that was really bad, like, too. Three t- so it's, so he, he is her boss. He is the owner of the steel mill that she works in. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. And he he sees her when he goes, because as you do, you go out with your coworkers to drink at the club where they have a really good deal on Miller Lights and there's sexy modern dancing going on. And his employee is like, oh, you like because out comes Alex and she's looking all sexy and doing the... Which, uh, all the load was blown in this movie right away. Like, opening credits is what a feeling. And the opening dance scene is the water drop, which is very iconic and everybody's seen. Um, So they just give you everything in that first five minutes. Uh, But so he he sees her dancing and the guy's like, hey, you know, she works for you. Here's her social security number, by the way. Uh, Which, who has that memorized? I barely have mine memorized. Um, So then he hits on her at work and she's like, I don't date my boss. Because the last time I did, I got fired from McDonald's. I don't know, because I'm 18 years old, and I legally only was able to sleep with you recently. Um, and But he keeps trying. He follows her home, which is charming when it also involves him saving her from getting raped. But mm-hmm. it's also creepy that here you are, you've almost been raped, and now you get home and, oh, look, there's a dude that followed you home. Yep. 
And then he stalks her again, like, three more times, where she's, like, going and doing something private, and he's, like, just standing back, dressed in black, like, watching and everything. Mm-hmm. Not, not creepy at all. Very healthy relationship they have. Uh, and it's then, really it's really the opposite of what you just said. I know. And it's eventually not- she's just like, hey, fuck, he pays for lobster. I'll deal with it. Yeah. Which, when you're 18, is understandable. If I had a dude that was buying me lobster every night when I was 18... You know, you're not wrong, but yeah. they really do frame her character like she's much older. It makes... I do not understand why they had her be 18. Maybe the only reason I can think of, I guess there's two. One is that Jennifer Beals, I think, was like 18, 19 in the movie. Mm-hmm. But she doesn't, I mean, you would buy her as being 25. She doesn't necessarily look like a baby face. She, I mean, she looks 18, but if you told me she was 25, I'd believe that too. Yeah. The other thing I'm guessing is maybe they just felt they had to be really um, believable in her going to a dance academy. And the idea being, well, for a ballerina, like, you're 16 and you're over the hill, so, you know, we got to keep her young so that it makes sense that she would be able to get into an academy. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, like, it's not like there's any other real ballet in the movie that I had to believe. Yeah. So it, it doesn't make any sense for her to be that young. And it makes the ick factor of her and this guy who is old enough to be her father but not in a charming, like, way, I guess. Like, yeah. I, I mean, hey, date whoever you want. I'm not saying there's anything, like, wrong about dating someone much older than you or much younger than you. But when you're 18, I am going to question a 38-year-old's motives for dating you. Yeah. Because that's weird on his end, mm-hmm. not on your end. I get that. You like no. lobster. I agree. Yeah, it's weird. Um, And... So she has this old lady mentor friend who's about who's a former ballerina, and of course you know she's going to die because there's like three times where she says, "What would I do without you?" Yeah, but I know. Like, who is she to her? How did she know even her? Made the joke like she's dead. That's why she's not answering. <laughs> yeah, right. I said that like five times. But it, it, like even that, like okay, it, it's fine. Like give her this relationship. But how did they meet? Has she seen her dance? We understand that she's had no dance training. So where did they become friends? There's okay, no so that wasn't clear, right? What? It wasn't clear. No! Okay. I thought maybe I missed something, no. even though I did watch this. And I mean, it's Joe Esterhaus, who is one of those infamous screenwriters who... I mean, he. there was a period of time where he was the highest paid screenwriter in the world. He was getting $4 million for spec scripts. But at the same time, none of his scripts are actually good. They just... He knew what to put in a script to make it sell really well, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, like, what else do you, you... It's very strange. And this wasn't... This was his screenplay, but it was not his... Ori- I think it was originally um, by somebody else. But you can hear him in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the dinner where she has lobster dinner with older boyfriend is so Joe Esterhaus. Because it's the kind of way men who... who don't have sexy talk with women think that women sexy talk mm-hmm. right she's well, like yeah. i wish i'd written down some of the lines she uses then but it's like i fucked his brains out just like i'm going to this lobster or something like that yeah it's weird it makes no sense uh directed by adrian lynn who is a much better director i think than um joe Esterhaus's screenwriter hmm. Uh, and I mean, I'm saying all this stuff. I'm being very hard on this movie because it's not very good, but that doesn't mean I didn't really enjoy watching it. Mm-hmm. As you probably can tell. Uh, I mean, 
there's street dancing and it's like 1983 so it's street dancing that's actually new yeah it was that was fun yeah and then I felt really bad because after I watched this movie like that day I had to take the subway and I was on the A train and the A train has that danger zone where it runs express for this big gap Mm -hmm. and what that means is when you see a bunch of teenagers with a boombox get on the train it's like oh fuck it's gonna be showtime do you remember Showtime, Christine, when you lived in New yep. York? So Showtime, for those who don't know, is when a bunch of kids get on the train and start doing, like, breakdancing and backflips on the and train. And almost kick you in the head. It sounds really awesome, and in fairness, it's really impressive what they can do, except you're sitting there trying to read a book, and they're, they kick the book out of, your, like, into your face, mm-hmm. and you sit there the whole time ducking and hoping, gee, I really hope I don't get a concussion today. Yep. I'm glad you're not on the street. But I really don't want you. I, I can't hear my podcast right now. Yeah. So, but I, so I had that like guilt of, you know, I like this in a movie, but I don't like it in real life. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> however, you know what I do like? Fucking figure skating. Oh, but it barely. Uh, it not was, enough. And no, probably it was not enough. Both not enough and too much in a way. Because not, it, it wasn't very good. It wasn't very good. And we didn't need it, and it takes a lot of time for a subplot that kind of eventually just kind of falls apart and we forget about. Yeah. But it also means that we have figure skating in a movie where a character is figure skating to Gloria, Mm -hmm. and that will never not make me happy. I am always... There are a few things that I think every movie can use more of. Clancy Brown is one. Yeah, I can agree with that. Yeah. The figure skating was fun. That oh man, like and all the stuff with her family. I don't even remember this character's name. So Alex's it, best it friend. Was yeah, her best friend's a figure skater, and we have this like four minute scene of her family, like having dinner with her family, and Who how cares? her family is really unsupportive of her figure skating. Who and, gives a shit? And then we get a scene of her and Alex practicing figure skating, and then we get a scene of her doing a figure skating competition and failing. Guys, that's like 15 minutes of a movie where there's no reason for it to be there because it's not her story. It's no Jennifer Beals' story. But she does figure skate. I mean, is Gloria not one of the most frantic songs you've ever heard in your life? God, it is like it was that moment where watching this movie, because I have had what a feeling stuck in my head for two weeks now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as soon as she started skating to Gloria, I was like, fuck yeah. Because, I mean, as you know, I'm a figure skating fan. And the thing about figure skating is that there are a lot of things about figure skating, but one of the many things about figure skating is that you get, like, everybody kind of skates to the same music and the same type of music. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even kidding. The last figure skating competition, the, like, Grand Prix, four people out of seven skated to music from the Phantom of the Opera. And so it's very like, you know, exactly what you're getting. And then all of a sudden somebody comes in and they're skating to Game of Thrones. And even if you don't know the music, you're just like, oh, my God, breath of fresh air. So when she comes out and starts figure skating to Gloria, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Do a quad. Do a triple axel. And, of course, she just falls in her butt a couple of times. Yeah. But to be fair, it was Gloria. And that song gives me heart palpitations. (laughs) It is a really intense one. It is so intense. Yeah, that and what a feeling. Like I every time I hear them, I just want to do aerobics. Yeah. I feel like I don't know. those I if I I've never done spinning, but if I did spinning, I would actually do well when those songs came on because I would feel like I would die if I stopped. Yeah, Gloria 
I'm telling you, it gives gives me anxiety. I can understand that. (laughs) It's so fucking intense. It's that's how I feel about Carol of the Bells does that for me. Yeah, I can see that. It might be my favorite um, thing about this movie. I can understand. Um, Did you also, as this movie ended, think to yourself... Why was it so long? Yes. Why why have they (laughs) never done a a full figure skating adaptation of Flashdance? Because you could totally do it. You could. Totally. I don't know. There is so much room to do it. Do people like this movie? I think it's one of those movies... Um, i trying to think of a good comparison of a movie that is more of, I think, a cultural uh, artifact than it is a good movie. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mean, as f- this was one of the launchers of dance movies. Mm-hmm. If you think of the 80s, Footloose came in 84... The break-ins, I think, are right about this time. Uh, Rappin', I think, is 84, which obviously that changed the world. So it's right. It's one of the first ones to get in there. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you can tell it's one of the first ones because of how narratively messy it is. If they had made this movie two years later, I think this would have been a PG or PG-13 movie. Uh, you would have gotten rid of the attempted rape and like you would it would have been much more about a girl in her dreams and a cleaner movie because this movie is clearly made to appeal like or I, I don't know who it's made for who it ended up being for was teenage girls i mean this was this was the whole you know the reason that the uh, sweatshirt over the shoulder got so popular was because yeah. teenage girls watched this movie and they wanted to be jennifer beals Jennifer mm-hmm. Beals is gorgeous in this movie. Um, and, you know, she's she has this very specific style, and it, it's it, it's the kind of movie that you could like almost wonder if like somebody at, in Hollywood was kicking themselves, being like, a year later we could have done this and cast Kevin Bacon as a romantic interest, and like it just it definitely feels like it was not fully formed for the audience that ended up gravitating towards it. Yeah. Um, And I can't, again, I can't imagine anybody saying this is actually a good movie. I think there's strong elements to it. Um, But even that, like, really, when I say that, I think the music is great. It is a great soundtrack. The soundtrack sold huge. It was one of the best-selling soundtracks of its time. Well, I can see see that easily. I mean, it was Irene Cara who won an Oscar for What a Feeling. Deserved. I mean, I just, I just tested it out. I guess it's okay. It's very catchy. I will. I mean, and this, this was, I guess, a few years after Fame, and it's, it's. You've never seen Fame, have you? I have not. I love Fame, and Fame is another one of those movies that I think Fame is actually a good movie, mm-hmm. and Fame is probably for people who haven't seen it. They probably assume it's more. Um, light-hearted step-up-ish, but it's actually pretty dark in a very honest way. Mm-hmm. Um, and Irene Cara is in it and also did fame, the, the song, which either won or was nominated for an Oscar. So it's it's just one of those movies that I think feels so of its time, but at, in a way where when this was made or when this came out, I think people, and again, teenage girls and young women, saw this movie as this is what cool is, Mm -hmm. right? This is who I would love to be. I want her life. I mean, I I want her union job, certainly. Well, yeah. Right? 
Um, I want to not be able to go to work for a week and everything's cool. That would be nice too. Mm. I want her pit bull. Um, oh, so cute. So sweet. Even though it had a really like whiny bark. It did. It was cute though. It was weird, but it was very cute and sweet. Uh, so yeah, I think this movie is one of those, like, uh, people that grew up with it. And again, I'm going to keep saying women because I think this really was a movie that struck a chord with, uh, with that certain demographic Mm -hmm. where it is so culturally important and influential. Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's one of those things that was so trendy for its time and trend setting that now you look at it and you see where a lot of things kind of, you're like, oh, right, just stylistically, it set a lot of tones in mm-hmm. both fashion and music and style and everything else. But as far as it being a good movie, I I would be shocked if somebody really made a good argument for it being a good movie. Yeah. Ugh. Well, I mean, we have a date montage. That goes on forever. Well, I was going to say, well, this movie too. wouldn't end. It's so no cool I as can at least do that. Uh, you get what's her name? Is it Cynthia Rhodes from uh, Dirty Dancing? I don't know. I've never seen. Well, yeah, I've seen Dirty Dancing. I don't know why. I was well, about remember to Penny, say that. the one who has the abortion, mm-hmm. and and she was also in Staying Alive. She was like, if you needed a dancer in your movie, but not the yeah. lead character, you cast this woman. Um, so she's in it and she dances, and that's kind. Again, it's. One of those things that, like, makes it so 80s, because there's Penny. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, and again, this is similar to Showgirls. It has that, like, innocent, everybody has a dream-ness to it. Uh-huh. Right? Because Alex wants to be a dancer, and her friend wants to be a figure skater, and her friend's boyfriend wants to be a stand-up comedian who tells Pollock jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's yeah, a weird choice. Right? It has this, like, really sweet, earnest underlining but of course it being joe estrahouse it also has to throw an attempted rape and block jokes i guess um so it's yeah it's a strange one i liked certain like weird touches how the owner of the sexy dance exotic non-exotic dance bar he's always eating hamburgers like in every scene (laughs) so bizarre i liked that um that uh, let me see what else I had in here as far as my notes go. Um, well, we didn't even talk about the audition. I and all of the I, many dance doubles. I promise you that I've never seen this movie. I guess I knew more about it than I thought I did. Because she went to the dance... Or she said she was going to the dance audition. I looked at Zach and I said, Is this going to be like that Paula Abdul video? <laughs> <laughs> and then it was. Or that scene on Six Feet Under in season six, five. Uh, I, didn't, I don't think I made it that far. But it it, it was that. And then oh, I this, watched... And Paula- this is the thing. I mean, if you say flash dance to somebody, name what's the first thing that comes to your mind. This scene is was very definitive. And then I was like, is she going to point at everybody? And she did. So I guess I have seen that. Or maybe when I was really young, I'd seen it somewhere because I I had way too much info. It It was everywhere. J-Lo just did a video like two years ago that was completely quote unquote homaging it. But then she had to pay royalties to flash dance for it. Uh, Oh, yeah. And the dance doubles, like they didn't even try. No, they did not try. I think like the rule, too, was um, because one of the breakdancer is a man. Yes. And, like, he basically refused to shave his legs for it. And they're like, okay, we'll just dance really fast. <laughs> like, we'll be fine. Oh, man. 
but again, that scene, like, aside from the, you've seen that, mo- you've seen the black leotard and the leg warmers, like, you've seen that. Yeah. You've also seen that moment in Save the Last Dance and Step Up and, like, how many movies that do that final dance where you walk in the room and it's all these stodgy white people that aren't going to get you but you make them get you man you make them get you oh yeah i mean i am pretty sure it started here in Flashdance. i could be wrong <laughs> i i there believe were, there were dance movies before this but this was the movie i think and now i really need to like do a cultural study on this and a film history course on this <laughs> um but i feel like this was the start of and you fucking end by serving those white people. Yeah, you show them what's show up. Them. Teach them how cool your dancing is. Yeah. <laughs> and Jennifer Beals, who rather famously was not a dancer, um, mm-hmm. when the movie, like, when, because this, the casting of this was like a big thing, was even though the movie, nobody expected the movie to do well, um, they they narrowed when they were casting it. They had narrowed it down to three actresses: Jennifer Beals, somebody else, and a young Demi Moore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the story goes that there were two stories, and how they ultimately picked Jennifer Beals. One is that they like the secretaries in the casting office were like, "We like that one." The other story is that they went to a construction site and showed a bunch of dudes pictures of the girls and were like, "Which one do you want to fuck?" And they oh, picked Jennifer Beals. I uh, preferred. I prefer the second version. As do I. Um, and so Jennifer Beals was not a dancer and I mean, I'm guessing she's probably dancing in some of the scenes. Um, but after it didn't look like it, what's that? It didn't look like yeah, it. Maybe not. After the movie, which was a huge hit, one of the biggest hits of the year. What did Jennifer Beals do? She went back to Yale. Oh, good for Which her. I kind of think is awesome. And she seems like one of those women who basically was like, I, you know, I wasn't, I was, I didn't find great parts and. So I got my education and kind of came back here and there when something interested me. So she actually seems like a really, um, a person, like a person that kind of a very smart woman and smart Hollywood figure. So good on her with her Yale education. Uh, <laughs> other, other fun. What would this movie have been? Trivia is other a- directors who were offered this script. Mm-hmm. Uh, two of whom. We have covered their movies on this podcast before. Okay. Do you want to guess? Ronnie Harlan. No, but my God, that <laughs> I was just saying. I feel like it would have been the same movie, actually. <laughs> oh, you. Uh, Brian De Palma and David Cronenberg. Oh, give those to me, please! Right? Yeah, that I, could that could be terribly amazing. I want to live in a world, an alternate coherence-esque world where David Cronenberg has directed Demi Moore in Flashdance. Also, another one of those casting, like, things, like, stories, I don't know how true it is, um, also in the running for the part of her much-too-old boss boyfriend, mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Costner. Ooh. Which, that I think would have been fine, and he was closer in age to her, where it, uh, mm-hmm. um, also the first person supposedly offered the role Gene Simmons. Oh, no. Um, supposedly, he turned it down in fear of hurting his quote-unquote demon image. How uncomfortable would this movie have been if it was Gene Simmons hitting on Jennifer Beals? Ugh. It would have been kind of gross. Like, I kind of just threw up in my mouth a little bit thinking about that, and I really well, don't like throwing up. It would have been a completely different movie, that's yeah. for sure. 
Uh, and then the last bit of trivia that cemented it as being a positive for me is not only does this movie have ice skating, do you know where they film the ice skating? No, I don't. Tell me. Okay, in an ice rink, obviously. Oh. Duh, Christine. Um, name a movie that has a uh, famous, uh, that has ice skating in it. The Cutting Edge. Name a movie that has a mall that has ice. Also directed by Paul, Paul Mark, Glazer Mark Ball, by the way. Cutting Edge. A mall that has ice skating in it? A movie with the mall, and the mall has an ice rink. I don't know. Come on. A movie with the mall. If I said movie with the mall, what you got? Come on. Mm, I don't know. Really? Really? Yeah, really? Yeah, really. Oh, God. Dawn of the Dead doesn't, like, spring to mind. Oh, no. Because the ice skating was filmed at the Monroeville Mall. Oh, I, that's funny. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Just saying. That's pretty fucking awesome. I didn't think of that. It's okay. I forgive you. You were you were very distracted trying to figure out where Jennifer Beals' parents were in this situation. I was like, what's a mall? <laughs> and also distracted by the epileptic-inducing uh, wind machine dance number. Mm-hmm. That one, I didn't like that one. Where she's like in kabuki makeup. That's, and it's just... that's really why I'm leaning on the, the, the modern dance thing. There was nothing sexual about... There's not anything sexy about a wind machine and kabuki makeup and flashlighting. Yeah, it was something. But the, um... Cynthia Rhodes, what did she dance to? She danced to, uh, not Gloria, like another famous song. I can't remember. It was, I mean, the sound, like, I could understand why everybody would have had the soundtrack on cassette tape. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh. It was good. Yeah, soundtrack's great. It's very, it's a good workout soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's also Flashdance. It's also an hour, 45 minutes of a lot of things that didn't need to be in there and other things that should have been in there. Mm-hmm. Like how, at the age of 18, she managed to be both a welder and a trained dancer. Who the fuck can say? I don't know. Maybe Joe Esterhaus, but probably not. He probably forgot that he wrote this movie. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any more to say about... Most culturally important movies of the 1980s? I don't think so. Um, It was really boring, and it was long, and I didn't feel like it had a plot. It didn't have rising and falling action. I wouldn't necessarily disagree, (laughs) Um, except I'm going to. Uh, No, you're right. It had no plot. Uh, It had no real rising, falling action. Um, It had no real direction, uh, but I did not find it boring. Mm-hmm. I just found it bizarre and so 80s in a way that was just unapologetically modern. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the mistakes in this movie, as far as screenwriting go, and as far as showing this movie as an example of, okay, here's a screenplay. Now I want you to edit it down you know, take out 40 pages of the screenplay. And what a tighter movie that would be. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of fascinating. Um, so I am really glad I finally watched it. Yeah, I guess I am too. You don't have to be. So if we had to give it a grade, quality of film. You want me to go first? Um, yeah. Uh, go first, go first, go first. Okay. I didn't, know you, I didn't know you were going to ask me this. <laughs> It's only been 49, 49 weeks of doing this. Well, you know, maybe one day it's going to change. Like next week, but we'll get there. Uh, 
Quality of film, I mean, I think this is a below average, or not a below average film, because below average sounds so harsh. Joplin, my goodness, you have to stop smoking. Um, but it, I mean, it is not a good movie. It has a lot of issues. So as a movie, I am going to say 5.75. 5. 5.5. 5. 5. Okay. Yeah. Quality of life, for me, improved by this film, significantly higher. Wow, really? Well, again, it just, it's, it was a fascinating movie for me for so many reasons. Because again, I do feel like without this movie, dance movies would never have been what they were. I don't think they would have ever been as popular. And therefore, without the popularity, I don't think they would have kept making them. No, you're completely right. You're completely right, and I'm glad one of us is 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 rating with that in mind because mm. I just can't find it within me. That's fair. I mean, again, this movie also pandered to me by having figure skating as a subplot. Mm-hmm. I don't care what movie you are. If you insert figure skating, like you could go back to Bellflower and like make one of the characters a figure skater, and I might bump my grade up to a three. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, so for quality of enjoyment of life, that I'm going to so bizarre. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm thinking of, I had to think of what movie have I hated more than anything mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. And that was the first one that came to mind. And now that I said that Supergirl would be next on the list, but so. yep. uh, my quality of life, I'm just going to go eight. Wow. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not proud of that. Uh, but I just feel like there's so much about this movie that spoke to me. Well, good. Even when it was mumbling and, like, not trying to communicate in any way, it spoke to me. What about you? 4.5. Okay. I accept that. I accept that without judgment. Thank you. All right. So we're going to take a break. We're going to fast forward, like, 20-something years or so. Uh, We're going to move from scenic Pittsburgh to... Scenic Tampa, and uh, talk about a little magic mic coming at ya. south the sun is shining the waves are crashing and men are taking their shirts off christine it's time to talk about magic mike okay let's do this okay so i saw it in the theaters uh i didn't 
I I'm sure I knew that. Yeah, I I, 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 Erica said I saw it with her. I don't remember. I remember seeing it with Jason. I don't remember if I saw it with Erica, but we'll say I totally did. Uh, and this was, I think most people assumed the way this was sold, it was going to be like a really fun male stripper movie, somehow directed by Steven Soderbergh for some reason. Mm-hmm. Now, is it a really fun stripper movie directed by Steven Soderbergh? One of those things is true. Um, I guess so. (laughs) Now, you were the one that kind of had mentioned you sort of wanted to talk about this one. I guess. I I feel like it was one of those those weights that you were carrying that you were like, I don't, I'm not ready for it, but I just keep thinking about you. I knew you needed to talk about it, which is why I said, sure. You know what? When people talk about Soderbergh and they ask me why I have a problem with him, um, sometimes, not all the time. I, I bring up this movie and okay. I reference it quite heavily. Um, this movie is worse than I remember. Here's see, I have a different feeling on it. To me, I don't think that it's a. My problem with this movie is this movie essentially tries to do two things, and it shouldn't be doing those two things at once. It was sold and made as the movie about male strippers. Yes. However, what this movie is really about is the economy in 2013. (laughs) Oh, you know what? That's really accurate. But also, in in being about that, and you're completely right, it's not about male strippers. It's about two really boring people doing boring things. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry, three really boring people doing boring things. Yeah. When... Olivia Munn is my favorite character in your movie. You're doing it wrong. I can see that. I don't really like Olivia Munn, but she's never been in anything that I've gone like, well, she's really doing it right now. I just, like, eh. But in this movie, I'm like, please put her back on screen. Where is she? She has charisma. She's saying things. (laughs) She's doing things. Where's that interesting character? Um, No one is interesting. And it's, it's like, here, have a little taste of this movie about what it's like to be a male stripper. Uh, uh, uh. Now no, 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 no. Now we're going to go to the go-kart track and have a 45-minute scene that's annoying. <laughs> it's, it's like, why? Why can't it just be about stripping? <laughs> it is. It is the, um, but when do we get to the fireworks factory moment? Yes! It really is painful at points and i remember every beat of it so when i when it's like oh and they still have to do this <laughs> he still has to keep flirting with this stuck up brat what is wrong with this woman and why does she hate everything she's so upset and so she miserable life. and I, I when i was taking notes on the movie oh. i named her sourpuss sue because mm. i decided her name wasn't worth knowing I don't know her name. I, well, I know that in real life her name is Cody Horn because she is the daughter of like a Disney executive. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's why she got cast in this movie. Ellipses, <laughs> ellipses, ellipses. It's it. So okay, so let's talk. So I mean, the plot is very simple. Okay. Um, this is so. And to talk about the plot, I feel like also involves talking about the production. Channing okay. Tatum, who. I have gone on record as saying I 
always thought was a painfully overrated. I didn't understand his appeal because he is awful in the first Step Up movie. And people, I say this That's in, your in utter seriousness. If I had watched Step Up and you told me this guy was going to be the next big thing, I would slap you in the face and call you a liar. Because I think he he really built his charisma as he did more movies. I think I, I can see the evolution of Channing Tatum. Mm-hmm. And uh, like watching him in this... I don't think his character is overly interesting, and a good deal of that is his fault because it was like not his script, but basically his baby. Yes. However, I think that he is charming on screen, and when he is when he is interacting with certain people, he's it's it's fine, and I'm in it, and I like watching him. Mm-hmm. But that is very much dependent when it's him and Alex Pettifer, who is who is both awful and his character is awful. Uh, yeah. And that is a big issue too. So the movie, so it's, it's kind of, you know, young guy and young boy thrust into the world of male stripping. And mm-hmm. that's Alex Pettifer is, I don't even know his name. We'll just call him. Oh, what is his name? Steve? Don't call him Steve. Young Steve. Oh, his is, is Adam. Adam, <laughs> fine. Adam with a T. Uh, is thrust into the world of male stripping. And so it's very much him being this, what do you know, 19-year-old kid. There are so many parallels to this in Flashdance, guys. I know, it's crazy. Uh, so it's him thrust into this world and kind of the corruption of him being this kind of innocent kid who, through all the success and everything else, sort of became gets involved in drugs, but his story isn't even fleshed out. He nope. starts as a kind of this aimless, personality-less dude. Annoying. Kind of annoying, kind of ungrateful, kind yes. of lazy, really Seems lazy. Really Apparently he works, he must work out, so there's that. Really um, entitled, yep. Very entitled, and then, so it's kind of his... He's the entry into this world, I guess, if you will. And Mike Channing Tatum is the one who kind of takes him under his wing and introduces him to this stripper world. Mm-hmm. But the movie's kind of more concerned about Mike really just wants to wants to make furniture, guys. Uh... It's sort of the reverse of Flashdance, because in Flashdance, she can weld, but really she just wants to dance. In this, Mike can dance, but really he just wants to weld furniture together. They body swapped. <laughs> they did say that would be oh, a perfect. Movie in what they and they made boring movies. <laughs> but so that's the thing is you get and the movie. What's fascinating about this movie is it very much does a lot of bait and switches, which it did with its marketing. This movie was marketed towards women and gay men specifically, which is funny in itself because this movie has does not actually like women or gay men. Oh no, Separate it is issue. very homophobic. Very homophobic. There is very not a single sexist. gay stripper in this movie, which I'm pretty sure in the world of, of stripping, you're going to find a lot of gay men. Um, uh, also, um, no black men. No black men. This is very true. Like, none at all. None at all. No. Um, also, you know, no black women either. No black women. With you. There are no no people of color at all. No people stripping of color. are going to the strip club. The DJ, I think, is Latino. Oh yeah, he's that one dude with no, that there, name. There's him. Um But yes, everybody is is white, very white. But, yeah. And uh, the other it, now, again, this movie, so it's it's made and they're all the marketing is aimed at women. It is the male stripping movie. It's the it is the last year you went to see Sex in the City, ladies. This year you're gonna go with your girlfriends to see Magic Mike. Ugh. Uh 
And the other thing about this movie is it kind of... Okay, I don't want to say this movie hates women. I don't know that it does. Um, You have Olivia Munn, who is, uh, again, in like three scenes, she's kind of a really interesting person. Um, You have Sour Pursue, who is not... I mean, again, I hate her, but it's the actress's fault. The character is whatever. She She has a job. She has a douche boyfriend, and then she doesn't. But there is a scene in this movie that offends the fuck out of me, and I do not understand why it's in there. And it is, there's a montage of stripping, and Joe Mangelionio, uh, mm-hmm. whatever dude, werewolf dude on True Blood, um, mm-hmm. at one point he's doing, like, his thing, and, like, he picks a woman out from the audience, and he, like, lifts her up and flips her over, and so her head <gasps> and all that. You're and gonna, you're gonna bring it woman. up. She is not an obese woman. She is just a plus-size woman. And as he picks her up, he puts her down, and he pulls his back. And not only does the movie, like, so the movie throws in a fat chick joke, no fat dude jokes, throws in this, like, really weirdly placed fat chick joke, and cuts to her reaction to it. Yep. It would be one thing if he lifts her up and puts her down, and you see that he's like, ooh, pull my back. But it keeps going where it cuts to her face, and she is devastated by this. This, like, one, two-second flash of this woman who has just been embarrassed at a strip club, which is where, like, women go to just have fun and the idea being, like, oh, look, there are these Adonises that you're never going to sleep with, but, you know, but they're going to come and rub their faces and their bodies into you. And I do not understand the insensitivity of that edit. I think is just, I remember dropping my jaw at that moment in the movie. And I don't know if I'm overreacting to it or not. No, you're not, because um, you're not. It, it was... It was, like, needlessly mean-spirited. Yeah, so bothersome. And, um, yeah. Yeah. But that's not even... What I was actually getting to earlier was the bait-and-switch. So you had the marketing bait-and-switch. Mm-hmm. So then you go in to see this movie, and they do something that's kind of smart. The very first scene, aside from it being Matthew McConaughey, um, having a blast, and I actually love him in this movie, uh, you then cut to n- nude woman the first nudity you see is actually Olivia Munn. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was really smart in a, in a filmmaking way. Cause what that was doing was for the dudes that came in here with their girlfriends, for the dudes that got dragged to the movie, it said, no, no, no stay in your seat. See, see women too. We're going to show naked women. Really? That's the only there. Actually, no, that's not true. There's more nudity later, but it feels like very specific of, and here's some nudity. And for the first like half hour of the movie, it is pretty fun. You kind of get the movie that you thought you were going to see. Yeah. You get a lot of dance numbers. You get a lot of, like, interplay with the strippers, which is really, like, fun and charming when they're just talking to each other. Um, so you get this kind of, like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is fun. And then at a certain point, it just sucks. Yep. Well, they, the, the dancing and stuff falls by the wayside. Yeah. You know, it really does. I think, for me, by the time... Um, Channing Tatum and and his buddy there hit the um sorority house. By the time that happens, I'm out. I'm a hundred percent out. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like it's already derailed so much that it's because it like, just I, gets so heavy. Yeah, and heavy for a character that I don't care about. Yep, I get that I'm supposed to care about him because you have introduced but, his sister, who is 
I'm supposed to care about and I'm supposed to care about the fact that if he fails, it kind of dooms his relationship with her, except you could not have picked a more unlikable love interest. Yep. She's she's very unlikable. And any any time we're supposed to care about him, it's completely unearned. Like they haven't explained to me why I'm supposed to care about him. Also, they didn't really portray his spiral into drug addiction. So right. like he's kind of a dick. He's a dick. And then he's he, a dick like, that sells drugs. And he does stupid shit. And then from the very first scene he's doing stupid shit. Yeah. And then Mike has to pay ten thousand dollars or hundred thousand dollars, I think it is, right? I think it's ten thousand. Ten thousand, okay. Has to pay ten thousand dollars because he's he fucked up and he's stupid. And then his sister freaks out because he's throwing up. Like I get why she's upset, but the movie didn't show me that build-up. The movie didn't say, oh, he's going down a dangerous path. She's really concerned. She just freaks out like a maniac. And it gives you a timeline. Like, this movie is structured where it starts with yeah. with a giant block of letters saying, June. I think we only get to August when all of this has happened. <laughs> so it's, I don't know, in three months is not the amount of time that it, it fits for this all to have gone to hell. Yeah. And especially because the other plot to it is um, Mike and uh, Matthew McConaughey, uh, Dallas, uh, Dallas, right? Or Austin yeah. or no, Texas, you're right. Dallas. You're okay. Right, right, right. Uh, <laughs> they want to move the club to Miami because that's like the big city, folks, is that's yeah. where things are going to happen. And in the beginning, like Mike is sort of Dallas's like business guy, like he's influential mm-hmm. And then at a certain point in the movie, it's like Dallas basically is like, no, Alex Pettifer can do that, which makes no sense because we see that Mike has like the smarts to be able to add up numbers and tell Dallas things. And we've seen none of that from Steve, Steve Adam, who has no initiative whatsoever. So it makes no sense. It makes sense that like Dallas would kind of cut out mike if it meant more money for him but it makes no sense that like oh no he's gonna fill your part no because that wasn't your part like you were it wasn't just that you could dance it was also that you were doing these other things so it's very contrived to like throw conflict and i it makes me really curious how they're gonna do the sequel which i believe brings back mcconaughey like how they're going to resolve this kind of betrayal or if they care yeah it it just it's very there's so much so many strange choices in the movie. And again, like the fact that really this boils down to it is a movie about he can't get a, like there's a very long scene where he goes to the bank to get a loan and he can't get a loan. Ugh, yeah. And there is even the scene with um, Sourpuss and her boyfriend. They're having dinner and they're talking about their jobs. And I forget like he does something where he like basically talks about people like how his job involves um what is it like property damage like these kinds of things of like it's very much about doesn't the economy suck right now like people who have jobs are just making money off of people who don't have jobs and you know people with dreams can't get the dreams made because they don't on paper they don't look good because everybody looks bad because it's 2013 but can i poke holes in this yeah why does why is mike trying to go through regular means like a bank loan if he can't be bothered to establish credit i don't know 
I it really, really doesn't make sense. No. Like he's got stacks of money. I get it. And I get that it doesn't work that you can just come in with your stacks of money. But dude, you can I mean, deposit you know you can that do? money. You can put that in a bank and then you can get a credit card and you can use a credit card smartly for a year and then you can get your credit check and you'll probably be okay. Yeah. I didn't understand that. And then he's so irate about it. Like, dude, it's your fault. This is how it works. You don't have to do He's He's got a friend that owns a strip club. I think maybe that guy could front him some money. You'd think. Yeah. <laughs> like, or maybe, you know, his friend would buy furniture that can put there. Like, and it's, it's such a, such a weird, like, you know, when you give a character a thing in a movie, right? Mm-hmm. You give, like, this character is allergic to peanuts and this character is a figure skater and so on. So this character is, in his spare time, he collects junk and turns it into furniture. Yeah. Which is, okay, maybe again, you're saying something about the economy, because look at all the shit we throw out when people are poor, which I really think is what this movie is trying to say. Oh, man. Except, like, they don't really show his stuff, so I I couldn't really tell any of it if it was good or not. I don't know if we're supposed to think it's good. I don't know if we're supposed to be like, man, they should give him that loan, because he's an artist. Because he's not even passionate about it. He's like, yeah, it's just something I do, and I'd like to make a business out of it. Or I don't know, go to like, go go get a sales job and then build from there. I don't really get it. No, I know, I know. It's This movie is confused. It's very confused. And I'm really curious about the writing process to figure out at what point did it go from being a script idea from Channing Tatum about his life as a young stripper in Florida, which is what it began as. At what point did it go from that to a movie about how depressing life is in 2014? The screenwriter is Reed Carolyn. It was born is our age. He was born in 1982. And he also wrote the screenplay to... Uh oh! It's it, he's in the movie. He played Paul. He I think that was Sour yeah. boyfriend. Interesting. Yeah, I did notice that when I was going through. This was his first screenplay. I guess I, he must be like friends with Channing Tatum. Um, he, I mean, he's done a lot of like assistant directing stuff and mm-hmm. everything, but it's for screenplay. I just don't understand that logic of like, okay, we're gonna take your screenplay about the strippers. And the economy. It's just a very strange bait and switch, as I keep saying. Mm. Because you walk out of this... But not an interesting or a fun one. No, well, there's... I mean, there's things... The dancing in this movie, I really do have fun with. Um, All of the heavily choreographed dances, I should say. So we you get mean the, the ones where Kevin Nash doesn't move? Okay, can we, I've talked... I, I mentioned this on the Facebook page, but seriously... He does modified fucking jumping jacks. Yep. When you do the Jillian Michaels, even the biggest loser video that is like made for people that are really overweight that like have never moved that are getting into exercise, even on that, she's like, I'm not going to teach you a modified jumping jack because anybody can do them and you don't get to take shortcuts. Kevin Nash does modified jumping jacks. It's distracting. He's distracting. Every, and it, I didn't notice it the first time I saw the movie, um, but watching it this time, Every dance, every group dance number, I was just looking at him and seeing how little he was doing. Yep. 
And it really was fascinating. And again, like, I understand, like, the man's body is probably cottage cheese from wrestling. Oh, yeah. However, that would be, I would give him a pass if he was Andre the Giant, but he's also known as one of the biggest assholes in the wrestling industry, which is saying Mm -hmm. a lot, because there are some really big assholes in wrestling. So therefore, I just watch it, and I just, like, shake my head in anger watching it. Uh, He, you know what? He's he's distracting. That's all I'm going to say. Like, I can't pay attention to anything else. I can else. understand that. Once you know to look for it, you, you oh. will never unsee it. So yeah. I'm I'm missing that that they're real pretty boy that stands around that Matt Bomber, that oh, guy. Oh, and he I really like him in this movie. Um because he has this like uh kind of James Marsden-esque like sunniness to his performance. And I, he doesn't, like, I feel like I wanted more of him in the movie mm-hmm. because he gets a couple of things where he really makes the most out of his lines. Mm-hmm. So, like, when uh, uh, they want him to do, like, an S&M thing and he's like, no, I'm not putting that out there, man. I'm not putting that negative was energy adorable. out there. And, like, later when, like, the scene with, like, him and his wife, <laughs> his wife, um, it's just very much like they, they, he gets his character through where he's sort of this new agey kind of flake he yeah. gets that through in maybe like four lines of dialogue because he's not he's, given enough at all. He's very good. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's charming in it. Um, uh, but yeah, Kevin Nash is just miserable. And like, again, it's a case where when you like when you know enough about the actor, it's hard not to see it on screen. Mm-hmm. And so he's just awful. Um, the... Something like the the army routine I really like, where McConaughey's wearing oh, yeah. a, that, like the Uncle Sam hat and he's mm-hmm. chanting. That's fun. The choreographed umbrella dance, if you digitally cover Kevin Nash, is really cool. Um, all again, because we haven't talked about McConaughey, who I noticed for the first time has a pretty flat butt. Oh yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's pretty I- flat. He's wearing like assless chaps. Which, if anything, I would think would give you a little more of a butt, but there is not mm-hmm. much to grab onto. Nah, he's fine in this. He's, I mean, he's very, he is dazed to confused era Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And so, I mean, the first time I saw this, every time he came on screen, I just smiled because he is just clearly having fun. Um, he's enjoy. he, it's the kind of thing you could tell he just came in, he's like, oh, I got it. I'll just yeah. I'm just, just I, I don't need a script. Just, yeah. Just let me on stage. And and it really does bring a different energy. I think without him, I would hate this movie. Yeah. Uh again, I don't I won't say that I like this movie. Um, but I really do think he is one it's one of those performances that raises everything up a few points just because it brings this weird, interesting energy to what otherwise is such a moody, miserable story. Mm-hmm. Um, the... Oh, we also get Elvis's granddaughter. Hmm. The, Who uh, would that be? The chick with the pet pig. <gasps> okay, that's why... Because I looked for her names in the credits, and I'm pretty sure I did that the first time I watched I it. Riley Keogh or something. Yeah, like, I know that name, that but I didn't Priscilla know Presence. why I knew her. Yeah, that yep. is a... Uh, I, is that Lisa Marie's? Yeah, Lisa Marie's daughter. Yeah. Um, so that's of interest, I suppose. We get a pet baby pig, which is 
again, kind of like figure skating, where it's going to make me a little happy. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's why I know her. She was um in the Runaways movie, a movie I love. Oh, well. And, oh, and uh, she was Jack and, Jack and Diane, that movie I told you to watch with yeah, Juno. Yeah, which I still have not watched. Um, and <laughs> Cody Horn, our, our sourpuss, was in Violet and Daisy. <laughs> she was the, like, celebrity Barbie Sunday that the girls want oh, the dress oh. of. I didn't. Her. I don't think she says anything in that movie, though. Well, that might be one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fun fact: the script was originally offered to Nicholas Reffin. I thought you were going to say Nicholas Sparks for some reason. <laughs> that would have probably, weirdly enough, that would have been a better movie. Although it still wouldn't have had any 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 mention of homosexuality because Nicholas Sparks hates the gays. Yep. Um, but yeah, like Nicholas Reffin, who did Valhalla Rising and Drive. Yep. Again. Yep. Imagine this movie in his hands. I don't know that it would have been any better. I just, I think this is a case where the script didn't work with the material that it had. Yeah. Like, you have so much here. You have Channing Tatum, who, again, I mixed on, but in the kind of part that he is made for. He's kind of playing himself. He's he's sitting back and kind of just kind of playing like a, a, a dude. Um, he's not stretching outside of his comfort zone, um, which Steven Soderbergh usually handles well. And I go back to Haywire, which I really enjoyed. And I know people have problems with Gina Carano. I don't understand how they do because Steven Soderbergh edits that movie in such a way where she's great. She's fine. Yeah, she um, so you have Channing Tatum. You have McConaughey bringing it. You have like this – a couple of men with exceptions – who would make a fine buddy male stripper movie. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you instead decide to tell a really depressing movie about how much it sucks to not, not be, be a able union to get a bank. welder, I guess. Yeah. I don't get it. Yeah. I did wonder if the line, you're a bullshit 30-year-old male stripper, was like the male equivalent of you're a virgin who can't drive. Because <laughs> it just feels like the way it comes, it's like, it's like when she says that to him, it's it's just woof, drop the mic. Like there's Ugh. no going back from that. And really, like he's a thirty year old strip. Like he's in. I mean, if you take care of yourself, you can strip for a long time. I don't get it. You know, it, this movie is bizarre. <sighs> there, there is again. It's just so many strange choices. Yes, and I can respect a movie that's more ambitious than it has to be. Mm-hmm. Do you think that this movie was more ambitious than it had to be? Uh, yes, because I think it didn't understand that if it was selling itself and actively selling itself. This wasn't a case where it was a movie that was made and then marketed wrong. This was a movie that tr- pretends it is a fun comedy stripper movie. And then, but like secretly is this depressing realistic uh ugly movie but not i don't understand who it's, it's not guilt- well done though no and i feel like it's supposed to be guilting someone like you're supposed to feel like it, it's i don't know i'm trying to think of an equivalent because it doesn't i don't think it's supposed to make women feel bad for looking at male strippers and unless you're fat I, unless you're fat yes <laughs> But it's not, but is it supposed to, I don't understand what it's trying to say at all, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't think it knows what it's trying to say. No, because I think there is something to, I I don't know, because male stripping versus female stripping 
is also such a different, um, not just industry, but it's like a, it's just a very different thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is kind of empowerment and shame probably thrown on both, but in yes. such different ways. Yes. Uh, and so with like male stripping, and the movie kind of gets it. Like it's not about sex it's not about this it's about really when a woman goes when a woman it's never a woman when women and i could be <laughs> wrong about this but whereas a man on his own may be like oh, i've got a night free i'm gonna go to a strip club like mm-hmm. there's there's a certain a certain give and take that can you can be fulfilled as a single man in a strip club watching strippers do their thing women Correct me if I'm wrong, ladies, because if, if I've never met a woman who on her own was like, I am going to go to a strip club and watch a male strip. They don't no, really it's have not strip clubs. It's they not presented. Moving. It's yeah, and it's not it's if a you, group activity. It is it's a group like activity. a party. It's it's like a bachelorette party, a birthday yeah. party, a thing you do when you're going to a casino. Like Yeah. It's not they're not designed the same way. Whereas if you go into a female strip club you walk in you sit down you're alone probably or you're with your friends but it's like you can sit down and not be bothered and not feel weird i imagine i'm not a man who's ever gone to a female strip club but it's not you're not the only person that went there on your own to watch this the the Mm -hmm. women dancing know this the other guys know this whereas strip clubs for there aren't really male strip clubs there are I mean, maybe there are in some places. I, Chippendales, I don't think, is really a thing anymore. Never. It's more like, I've ever. okay, there's a warehouse theater, and this yeah. Friday night, they're going to do a performance. So sign up, and if you bring five people, you get a discount. And it's more, you go in with your friends, you you laugh about it. There's, it's, it's, a, it's a real different uh, experience, I think. And this movie doesn't not understand that, because it never presents it... Like, there's no stalker or there's no – when they're in the club, it feels re- very much like, no, the women came there to have fun. In the club, it's this very kind of sunny, fun give and take of women are all having a good time. The men are doing their show. Nobody looks depressed to be out there. Nobody looks uncomfortable to be in there. But it, the movie then has nothing to do – like, that means nothing for the rest of the narrative. Mm-hmm. He could have been – Channing Tatum could have been – um, like you could have given him a different profession in this movie, and I'm trying to think of a good one. Uh, he could have worked at McDonald's by day and done his art at night, and it would have, in a way, been the same movie. You know? <sighs> Sorry, you caught me in a yawn. It's not a reflection of you. <laughs> okay, sour Um, it's. It's not a movie about anything interesting. It's not a movie about stripping. It's not a movie that takes a deep, hard look at what it's like to be a male stripper. But it's also not a fun, lighthearted romp about male strippers. <laughs> it's, it's, it needed to be something. It was a real big mishmash. It's so weird. It is one of... like it, 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 We need to find a way to make a list of movies that make no sense for what they are because this one is totally top of it like just make a male stripper movie why you gotta have a scene where he goes to a bank it's it's strange and again if it told a really interesting or symbolic story about the economy 
I would, I would be, I could see that, but it doesn't. It has nothing. No. It has thoughts on subjects, but it has nothing to say about them. It wants you to know that you know the the economy is kind of shitty right now, but it doesn't offer any insight into that. No. Yeah. And even like. You know, there's a thing of how, like, Mike sort of, like, at the beginning, he's kind of a party boy. He's having threesomes. And there's kind of a moment where, like, I guess he starts to feel like he's getting older. And the girl he would have threesomes with is now engaged. And maybe he wants to change his life. But the movie doesn't give enough negative of that life to make us get on his side to change anything. Yeah. Dude, you're a hot 30-year-old with a male stripper body without like a college education or credit what's wrong with stripping and making really good money and sleeping with hot chicks i don't and get the problem there he also has like 19 side businesses and a huge house he has this like yeah. giant beach house that's two floors i don't understand why he's happy why he's so unhappy yeah i don't get it either Weird. it's a, it's a confusing movie for yeah. sure but it's so simple so it's not great yeah but again, like, if people saw the trailer, and maybe this is going to be a step-up case, it's happened before, where the first movie doesn't understand what it should be, I, you know what? I, does. I said that in the middle of it, and you never know. Yeah. Because the trailer for it, maybe it got it right, maybe it got it right. The trailer for the sequel looks so much fun. Yeah. And it just looks like it is, again, saying that, I think the trailer for the first one was also only showed the fun aspect of it. No, it did. We watched it right after we watched this movie because I was like, that's not true. And then I I was, it does. I mean, the, the sequel has an, it's directed by Gregory Jacobs who did Windchill, which Mm -hmm. I didn't see, but I heard good things about. I don't know how that qualifies him to do a, I was about to say a step up movie. Uh, Interesting cast. You have Amber Heard, Elizabeth Banks. Mm-hmm. Matt Bomer is back, Jada Pinkett-Smith, Joe Mangiolini, Donald Glover, Andy McDowell. Very strange. You know who weird, I do not see on the weird. cast list? Whom? Uh, I do not see Alex Pettifer on the cast list. No, I, I didn't either when I, I looked. I bet the movie starts with his, him having died. I hope so. That would be great. I hope And this was the year that like he was in everything. because Well, by everything, I mean this and Beastly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's just, Yeah. He's he's one of those actors that I get the feeling is as dickish as the characters he plays. Yeah. It uh, there is nothing likable about his character nope. in this. Nothing at all. And again, like you have a brother sister, they could have had one or two lines about well our parents died and I had to raise him and all that. Mm-hmm. But no, it's just like yeah, we're on our own out here. Well, you know what? A lot of 19-year-olds are on their own and they don't act like dicks to everybody they meet. Mm-hmm. And screw their friends out of ten thousand dollars, and wake up in a puddle of throw up, being eaten by a baby pig. Ugh, this fucking movie. <laughs> but again, I really like McConaughey in it. Yeah, he's good. All right. All right. Any more to say about it? No. Okay, I think that's <laughs> everything. I'm just going through my notes, making sure I didn't miss anything of importance. Um, yeah, the only other note I had was, yeah, if your rock bottom involves waking up next to the vomit that your pet pig is eating, you kind of have a good life. Yeah, he, that kid needed to calm down. And his soda his sister. I didn't really understand what was going on there. She was the worst. Ugh. I don't get it. Um, I don't get it. 
All right, so quality of film. 6.5. Huh, yeah. Um, there, there are actually parts of this that are, are shot really well. Like they're yeah, beautiful. Steven Soderbergh can make movies. I know, I know, I, I know we can, but there's just something about the construct of this yeah. that just, it, 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 I can't, um, but yeah, it does look really attractive at times, mm-hmm. and I can't deny that, so. Yeah, I would probably it go was six. confidently made in, in that regard. It is, sure. it is a well-filmed movie, certainly. Yeah. So yeah, I'll go six for that. Enjoyment. Sorry about all that bass. Do you hear that bass? I'm sorry if you can. I do not hear that bass. There's like a car driving by and it's so fucking loud. Oh, well, it's, well it clearly wasn't as loud as my cat hacking up her lungs, so. Well, you know, yeah, little favors. Me too, so I don't know why that happened. Uh, quality of life by movie. It's a tough one. Four. I was, I was hovering somewhere between four and five. Um, <laughs> McConaughey bumps it a little higher because again, I enjoy him in this movie quite a bit. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna go four point two five. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I quality of life on Flashdance was higher because because Glo- of uh, figure skating, Gloria, yeah, and um, the things that you say. Like, I don't like either one of those movies, having now seen both of them. Mm-hmm. But Magic Mike wouldn't even exist for me to not like yeah, without- if Flashdance oh, yeah. didn't exist. So. Yeah, we have, um, just to run through the other parallels, so again, she welds and dances, he dances and makes a things contractor. that kind of welding. He does contracting, he... He lives in, an, in a house that he should not be able to afford based on what we know about his character. She lives in this loft warehouse that she should yeah. not be able to afford based on her character. Uh, there is the question of why are these 19, 18-year-olds are so independent without family mm-hmm. um they both have uh yeah there, there's point b there's a lot of parallels like you could totally draw a list of them yeah absolutely yeah. um but i would watch flash dance any day before magic wing probably um it would be more enjoyable to have on in the background for sure yep yep yeah okay so now those that was our our thoughts on magic mike Maybe we'll come mm-hmm. back in a couple of months and talk about Magic Mike XXL. Oh, I hope so. I'm I'm curious. Uh, that is one I will not go and see in the theater. I'm going to wait for people to tell me if it is is it step up or step up. I'll two. tell you. That's my question. So because I'm going. Know. I'm I'm going to go. go. Yeah. All right. I don't leave my house for movies. It's so far. I'm too curious about okay. this. Uh, now Netflix Instant Picks. I know you've got one. I do. I'm so excited about it. About mine. You want to go first? No, I want you to go first. Okay. Mine is the sequel of a movie that I didn't really like. (gasps) So kind of is it Step Up to the Streets? No, I love Step Up and Step Up Two: Colon the Streets. Uh, (laughs) My instant watch pick is Wolf Creek Two. Really. Holy moly, I liked that movie a lot. Did you? Yeah, it was so much better than the first one. What did, why did you, I had a lot of issues with it. Really? I I, thought it was great. I just felt, I don't know, I felt like if you, I, it was so over the top. 
but I don't know. I, I, I mean, the character became such a cartoon. The, the maze and traps just got so ridiculously. Oh, complete. it was like the collector and I saw where it's it. like, dude, my God, how you are an engineer. You are talented at, at luring people to their deaths. Um, I don't know. I, I liked the like constant protagonist switches, but I just, oh, I, I did. I loved that too. I yeah. love this. I love that. I'm sorry. My headphones just popped off. I got so excited. Um, (laughs) I loved that. I wished it had gone on longer, but the main protagonist that we end up with is fucking awesome. He's so good. It's so good. The, the violence is really good. I, I didn't like the bad guy in the first one. Mm. So like, fine, make him a fucking cartoon character. At least I can get, get on board with that. Um, the tension was good. I thought it was really like gross when it needed to be gross yeah. and like oh, they bleak. made the violence. You felt yeah. the violence. It was pretty brutal. Bleak when it needed to be bleak mm. and like like it made me laugh. I, I really think that the it, it it all rests on that the dude. I can't. Oh, I don't remember his name. The main dude. Oh no the not, the the good guy. The good quote unquote good okay. guy. I was trying to find a, a weird not that way to say it but i think it's all on him he is really likable and just and, you, and, he, it's, and he's smart too he like, is smart and i really like that there's I like that great self-aware. scene where he's being tortured and he's mm-hmm. really trying to figure out yeah like he's thinking and saying like the right things until he, he's not but he's yeah. trying so hard yeah and that makes it even more bleak because you know it's not going to work but what would you do you exactly yeah, to just say, yeah i really that. liked that um and i wasn't floored by the first one and mm. i kind of watched this one with like a eh. right really surprised how much i liked it almost immediately like once it started i was i was like yep this is this is fun Okay. Right. Yeah. I, I'm surprised you didn't like it more. I, I didn't hate it. I just kind of, I don't know. I just, I, I felt meh at it. It was, mm-hmm. it was well made, but there, I, I have to go back to my review because I remember there was something specific that I didn't like about it. I Did you didn't like, I'd be curious. I think it might've just been that like the kind of ridiculousness of really you kill everybody. Nobody calls the cops in time to get you. Yeah. Like, I think it just might have piled on so much where it felt a little ridiculous to me. That could have been part of it. But I don't, but I need to go back and check. I'll get back to you. Okay. I want you to. Okay. Now, my Netflix recommend. Yes. Uh, uh, some might say that Wolf Creek was like a spiritual sequel to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it, like Flashdance, uh, had a fantastic soundtrack that spawned such hits as I'm gonna be the most popular girl. You know what, what movie I'm talking about? No. <gasps> Have you never seen Teen Witch? Oh my fucking god. I woke up. Watch? Was it Sunday morning or Saturday, Saturday morning? I woke up and Zach was watching it. I'm like, or I cut out of the shower and he was watching it. I'm like, what are you watching? He's like, Teen Witch. I'm like, what is this? There's like a there's a song about hot boys or something. Oh, but there's I like boys. Yeah. I like boys. I had never I like boys. I've never I seen like it. boys. Never like seen song. it. <gasps> Ever. Ever. Oh my god. It is it is glorious. It is so amazingly just th- out there. 
Um, Zelda Rubenstein is in it, and I adore Zelda Rubenstein, and I'm always happy to see her on, on screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is Robin Lively, who is Blake Lively's older sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a musical, and the songs are crazy, and there's rapping, and... Uh, the most popular girl is the best song, I think. Although I'd have to refresh myself because I feel like I'm forgetting a really good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just about a girl who discovers she's a witch. And of course, what do you do if you're 16 and you're a witch? You become the most popular girl, Christine. I, and then you sing about it. I I don't know. Maybe someday. It just didn't seem like it was for me. It's like 75 minutes long and it is just pure camp. Yeah. Yeah. It. it it is fun. If you're just in the mood for something for just pure 80s cheese, it is so worth a watch. Uh, so I'm very excited to see that. Fine. I have almost bought that movie so many times, but just always felt like I was paying too much for it. And now it's on Insta Watch, so I don't feel uh, that Well, way. good. Yeah. Uh, okay. So those are our picks. Now, bump, bump, bump. Episode yes. 49. Yes. Which means the next episode, Christine, is what episode? Our 50th. <gasps> It is our golden anniversary of podcast episodes. Po- podcast of. episodes. If, I mean, if if episodes were years, it would be our golden anniversary. Uh, so t- we decided to do something special. Do you remember yes. what we decided to do? What did we decide to what do? What we decided to do. <laughs> I remember, kind of. Okay. Uh, we're going to we're gonna do, we're not going to cover a specific movie. How do you put up with me? How do I not put up with you, Christine? <laughs> How do I not? You're funny. On the next episode, we are going to give you, for our 50th episode, we're going to give you our 50 favorite movies. Oh, yeah. I do remember uh-huh. this. I'm, I'm right. glad that finally refreshed you. <laughs> so what that means is Christine will have her top 25. I will have my top 25. And we're just going to do a countdown from the bottom to the top of our favorite movies. And we're going to talk about them. Yay! I do actually have an Evernote that I started. Very nice. So. I've, I've made my list and like amended it like four times. Uh, four to my four, I mean 40. Um, no, I just have like movies and I have to I have to figure out what my yeah. criteria is, to be honest with you. Well, I, I mean, I think my criteria is favorite movies, not best yeah. movies. I keep getting confused with that and it feeling guilty when I add things. I mean, yeah. that makes a difference on is Teen Witch going to go on there or not? I don't know. It is probably not the best movie that I've seen, but it might be one of my favorites. It might be. It might be. I don't know. I mean, it's competing with a lot. I've seen a lot of movies in my life. Uh, I am trying to limit. I'm trying to. I have some criteria that I'm giving myself. I can only have so many Muppets on there, you know. Yeah, I need to. I need. Yeah, I need to figure something out. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, how much Paul Verhoeven is too much Paul Verhoeven? I don't know. We're gonna find out. I think does he have twenty five? There's no such thing as too much Paul Verhoeven. We'll find out. So that's gonna be our big show. Uh, what I'm really curious is how much overlap you and I are gonna have. Oh, that's gonna be fun. I know. I feel like I can predict at least one movie that's gonna be on both of our lists. Oh, we should do like a a poll or something. Yeah. Or like yeah, whatever you would call it. Yeah. Oh no no no. We should. Oh, we, we should, should we give a prize for whoever guesses something. <laughs> Yeah, let's do that. I'm so bad at contests. <laughs> but maybe we'll do a prize for something. Yeah, we should. Yeah, I'm curious what people think will be on our lists. Because it is it is a fascinating thing to do. Because you start really like, you look at your DVD collection, then you look at your letterbox, and you just start thinking about the things that have influenced you in life. Yep. And it, it, gets, it gets weird. 
you know. I can't wait. I'm very excited. It's going to be interesting. Uh, so that will be our next episode. It's going to be a big one. I'm excited. Hooray. Christine's excited. I am, now that I remember. Yay! <laughs> I'll remind you like three times a day for the next week if you want. Woohoo! Okay, uh, that's us. We are on Facebook, and that's where you should go to talk about stuff like if you saw Sleeping Beauty, or if you liked Wolf Creek 2, or what your favorite song in Teen Witch is. Mm-hmm. All of those. Everything. And also, if anybody's going to Horror Hound, which I know you're not, and I'm sad, but I'll be at Sorry. Horror Hound next week, so, hey. Say hi to her, and I then she'll say hi to me. <laughs> yes, yes. It is a very um, formal process. I have to fill out paperwork, yep. and it gets notarized. Submit faxed. it. Yeah, all that. Uh, in the meantime, my cat started biting me, so it's time for me to go before he attacks me again. Oh, I didn't Stop realize. That. Okay. Ow, ow. Okay. All right. All right. That's us. Good night, folks. Good night. Don't put up a fight.